Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 3, Episode 17. Today we're talking Orca, the Killer Whale from 1977, directed by Michael Anderson. We're also joined by guest C.B. Smith. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor. I liked this better when it was called Jaws Unleashed McGraw. And I'm C.B. Smith. Welcome to the dumpster. If you're so sure I can't catch a killer whale, why are you so upset? Listen, you won't catch one, but you might butcher a couple of dozen in the attempt. Oh, that's not my style at all. So you refuse to quit? That's not my style either. Especially when a pretty and intelligent girl like you tells me that I am dumber than a fish. Fucking seriously, though, this movie, I was watching this, and I'm like, okay, this happens in Jaws Unleashed. You do this in Jaws Unleashed. You also do this in Jaws Unleashed. <laughs> <laughs> Is Jaws Unleashed a ripoff of Orca? Uh, could be. Could be. And I'm talking, for those who don't know, Jaws Unleashed is a PS2 game in which you play as the shark from Jaws. But if that doesn't sound exciting enough for you, you can do things like scoop up a lab technician in your mouth, jump across a tank, scan his keycard into a door, and open a gate. Oh, that sounds like, like some Peter Benchley shit for sure. And Creature? Yeah, or uh, or fling uh, uh, flaming barrels with your tail onto the mainland to blow up buildings. <laughs> Dude, what, is Jaws genetically modified in that game? I don't know, but like, there was just a game that came out, I can't remember what it's called, but like, it leans into that idea. called a Maneater. Maneater, yeah, and it leans into this idea of like a super powered shark dude it looks dope i need to play it yeah you got like bone armor and like you can infuse your fins with electricity i'm like that's what? the kind of schlocky shit i need oh dude sign me the fuck up uh real quick i like this movie better than jaws but you're gonna have to wait till the end of the episode to hear my fucking rant about that um i'm gonna come out and say this now that any comparisons between this movie and jaws are ridiculous because the longer <laughs> this went Yes. I was like, this is nothing like Jaws. What are these people out of their fucking minds? Yeah, that's part of the argument as well. But we have a very special guest today. C.B. Smith is with us from Taking a Page. Hi, I'm glad to be back here dumpster diving with you guys again. I know you probably want Bo Derek along, but you got me. <laughs> Dude, here's to swimming with Bo Derek women, man. <laughs> Am I fired yet? <laughs> wow, that got me good. <laughs> We should have put that on the fucking MD guide. I have not seen a lot of Bo Derek movies, and yet every time I talk about Orca with like the older boomers of my workplace, they're like, "Oh man, I remember when Bo Derek did this and this and that." I was like, "I don't, I don't know what a Bo Derek is. I'm sorry." <laughs> I know her from Tommy Boy and this movie, and that's it. I'm with you on that one, Joe. She's Brian Dennehy's wife, and and also Rob Lowe's wife mom question mark <laughs> yeah so before we before we get going uh first i want to read a, uh, an email that we got and then i believe we have some patreon questions do we not sean oh we got some fucking good ones wow retroactively asked questions on patreon i love this yes bam yeah so if you sign up for that patreon uh pretty much at any tier every time we have a new episode coming out we're gonna put that on patreon asking for questions for the episode and uh, we've been doing it for the last two episodes, this one and Ticks, and we're going to be doing that going forward. And of course, as always, send us our fucking emails at 
moviedumpsterpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And you can message us, you can directly email us, you can message us on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you're comfortable sending a, mes- a message. Um, and again, we still want all those stories too. Tell us about your video store stories. Tell us about those fucking tapes that you had when you were a kid that have nine fucking movies taped on them. Yeah. Um, you know, pretty much anything that you want to talk about. Ace Ventura and The Mask. It's true. But which one's better is the question. The mask. Yeah, I agree. Totally unrelated, but if you want to watch videos talking about books and adaptations, you can visit me on YouTube at c.b.smish. Smith? <laughs> I, I mis- <laughs> mispronounced my own name. Uh, <laughs> Been there. Uh, the show is called Taking a Page, um, and like I said, I talk about books and adaptations. Uh, I do kind of specialize in not spoiling, and I've had you guys uh, come join me in the Orca episode that I'm doing there. Yes. Because it's July, and I decided to do Shark Month, and I did not realize there were so many movies turned from books about sharks. That w- I was very surprised <laughs> by that. I didn't think I could stretch this along. You nailed it. Excellent. Well, I think we had a similar discovery when we did Go Shark, and like Joe was like, "Let's ramble off shark movies in the last eight months," and it's like thirty films. <laughs> yeah. Shark exploitation specifically. Yeah. Shark exploitation is its own fucking genre. Don't you even kid yourself, sir. Yeah. It's just completely out of control. I mean, I feel like they're up to, like, five or six Sharknados at this point. I, who could give a shit? Did they finally kill that series? Did they finally just, like, put it out of its misery, take it out back like Lenny and just fucking pull the trigger? No, but I, I think that series successfully killed sci-fi. Come on, that wasn't what killed sci-fi. <laughs> well, I, I, I did hear that I guess, like, uh, their partnership with Asylum specifically has caused lots of damage to that brand uh, within the industry. So uh, I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at you, Shane Van Dyke, using Grandpa's money to make fucking shitty movies. They didn't damage sci-fi, they damaged Seafy. <laughs> oh, yes. Seafy, <laughs> yes, the Seafy channel. What a big mistake that was, huh? The sci-fi channel was dead long before that. But before we go to that email, was there anything else you wanted to say about your channel, Smith? Uh, what else have you put out recently? I mean, I watch it, but maybe the people at home haven't seen the episodes. Uh, recently, I stumbled across a Confederate fairy tale, and I recorded for about 45 minutes making fun of it reading along to it did somebody get bitten by a radioactive union flag uh no a fairy comes down from the moon (laughs) (laughs) go on and makes everybody racist pretty much lectures the union army and northerners on the negativity of enslaving the southerners uh after the civil war which Yes, it's as dumb as you are thinking right now. Sure, yeah. I, I, I watched it. There's some good one-liners in there, Smith. You you were cracking me up. <laughs> it was the first time I ever did like a live reading, and uh, there were some things I wish I could said, but I wasn't able to articulate uh, when I was making it. Well, I mean, you're probably too distracted by, like, you know, going back to the first thing. You know the story starts with a fairy coming from the moon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention, I I learned through that episode that the term making love actually meant just flirting with each other. So there's a line that says that this guy was with this girl making love underneath um, the king's nose without him knowing about it. (laughs) And he's the hero. He's the hero. Oh, God. Oh, it was terrible. He's blind and his sense of smell is gone. Did he have COVID? <laughs> oh, no. That's a, that's a, that's another fairy tale that we're not getting into, remember? Yeah. Topical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, kidding. It's a real thing. I, that was a joke, by the way. Yep. 
Wear a mask. We've said it many times on this show. It isn't fucking hard, guys. Wear a fucking mask. Don't be an asshole. Uh, I guess I should add, um, um, I've talked about it when we did Child's Play 3. Uh, I am a member of the National Guard, and for the first three months during this, I was working at field hospitals up in North Jersey. And um, I didn't want to be super serious, but the topic came up. Um, guys, I was there at the hospitals. I've seen what this does. Please wear a mask. Please social distance. I am very tired. Yeah, I think we're all tired. I think we're all tired too, Smith. I'm sorry you had to you have to go through that and just people just being stupid. Members of uh, my unit, uh, other people had to do like a lot worse. A lot of them were on mortuary duty. I was on guard duty for most of it, mm. uh, so I didn't see the full blunt of it. But I've heard the stories, and yeah, guys, I, I understand wherever you're at right now. Maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe it's more annoying and you haven't actually seen anyone or have not experienced um, relatives being affected by this, but it, it 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 does get bad, and I really would wish if people believed it, because like I said, I'm, I'm very tired. I didn't mean to do this. I'm sorry. We're here to talk about a killer whale. <laughs> hey, it's cool. I was going to refrain because uh, I already deal with this at work to, for, to begin with, but I already went to therapy today, so I don't need to go down that road again. <laughs> Well, everybody wants. Everybody's coming here to listen to us fucking shit talk and uh, movies, sure. I guess, yeah. <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> or you know, praise them. A little bit of both. I'm gonna certainly react today. <laughs> yeah. Before we before we get into it, uh, we do have an email here from Nick Lowry, and he says, "Hello there. Just wanted to say thank you all for the great show." It's been a blast hearing the banter about a bunch of films a lot of people pass over. Anyways, I think I found the show through Slasher's Pod or maybe The Final Boys. Well, thanks, Nick. We really appreciate it. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. And it probably was Slashers because we had just did a quarantine up uh, with uh, Jake. Uh, we did House 1 and 2. You should probably go listen to those two. And um, Oh, yeah. Go check it out. Yeah, you should. Get one of those... Uh cucumbers for spivey and uh you know you know the rest go back listen to the episodes and uh me and gvd we're gonna you know we're gonna do our thing yeah gramps gramps was born it was we inducted gramps into the mdu speak for yourself you weird mummy (laughs) oh man oh my god (laughs) um i i also did respond to him uh and asked him if there were any episodes in particular he liked, and he specifically called out the Bad Taste and Punisher episodes, so thank you, Nick. Well, I here, I think retroactively Punisher's become one of my favorite episodes because Sleepy Frank Castle is, like, one of the funniest things I can, I've ever thought of. Well, he, he specifically mentions that uh, he was too young during Punisher and was so confused by the O'Clock Shadow Paint. <laughs> So, uh, you are as confused as we were, Nick. And he fucking, he threw it way back for bad taste. That was our second episode, guys. Oh, yeah. Eating a bowl of fucking upchunk. Jesus. I remember doing that episode on, like, three hours of sleep, so. But, yeah, that's that's the only email we have uh, for, for this round. Uh, you want to get into some Patreon questions there, uh, Sean? Absolutely. So, our first one comes from our friend, Leonardo. Gorlami. <laughs> <laughs> he asks, if you were being hunted by a predatory ocean animal, which do you think you could stand a chance against? I reckon I could take on a barracuda or like 10 piranhas. <laughs> you know what, Leonardo? After the ticks question in our last episode with the 100 ticks for 100 grand, uh, I think I could take on... I don't know about a barracuda. I feel like that would bite me right in the fucking gut and I'd be done for. Yeah. Also, have you not seen piranha? Come on. Yeah. 
I, you know, I'm going to go with a fucking crab because I could just run away from that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. A crab? It is a predatory animal. It does go after. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I sure as fuck don't want to have an octopus coming after me. It just choked the shit out of me and I'm done. Crawl in my mouth. Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. Um, uh, my answer is don't put me in the fucking ocean, all right? There's that. <laughs> I don't want to be anywhere near it. The ocean's fucking terrifying. There's, like, too many things that can kill me. Like, there's crustaceans that can punch so hard they cause, like, sparks in the water. Um, it, no, no thanks, no. Pistol shrimp. Yeah, yeah, the mantis shrimp. Um, no, what are you, fucking nuts, dude? That'll slice your fucking legs off. <laughs> yeah, uh, between between the sharks, the whales, the octopus, the the, the barracudas, the, what, you know, first of all, I don't think piranhas are in the ocean. Um, uh, it, it, between all that, uh, no thanks. I hate the ocean. I don't want to be anywhere near it. <laughs> hey, you can get one of those, like, leech things that jump out of the water into your penis. Whoa, oh, wait, that's like a, those, those, those things are, like, in the rivers in South America? Hey, we're not getting technical here. Amazon forest, yeah. Yeah, it's a freshwater fish, I think. <laughs> it's bad fucking news either way. They swim up your fucking urethra? Oh, yeah. There, there you go. Something else. Saltwater crocodiles? No, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Oh, Christ. Co- there, there's coral that can kill me, all right? No, thanks. Uh, I I know better than to tangle with any of the fucking things in the ocean directly. Yeah. But if I had to, like, if somebody was like, it, like, you know, if I killed, you know, one of their mates and I and it was like, hey, you better come into the ocean and fight me or else I'm going to fucking destroy your whole land or you're going to destroy your whole fucking town. Well, maybe, maybe a lobster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, lobster. Because, like, after I killed them, I could eat them, too. Yeah. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Yeah. Oh, I guess I guess that goes. I guess that's like the same thing as like a crab, right? You know, what? I actually I'm gonna change my answer. I would gladly fight a sunfish because it's a dumb animal that just lays on top of the water and does fucking nothing. Um, I'm not even sure why it exists. It's some kind of evolutionary quagmire. Okay, I would gladly fight one of those things because I would just step on it. Isn't everything a predator? Though I, uh... I'm sure something. Yeah. Right. It, it, it preys on something. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's something like just algae or some shit, it's still eating it. Because I was gonna say, I was gonna say some wise ass comment like like a flounder or something. Well, you know, you know, <laughs> of course. I go with a blue whale. Go big or go home. Oh, <laughs> climb in the fucking blowhole. What are you fucking Geppetto? Like you're gonna just camp out inside of him? <laughs> <laughs> I just see. I just saw Smith in my head with boxing gloves on, getting swallowed, and then just fucking punching this thing's uvula. It's the biggest thing in the world. I beat it up. Guess what? I'm top dog. <laughs> yeah. You could be like uh, Monkey D. Luffy when he punches Laboon right in the eyeball. Oh, there you go. Also, fun whale fact. Uh, in preparation for this, I was also reading a, a whale book, and apparently uh, blue whales, they actually do hunt in a pack of all those krill uh, in some kind of weird formation, and they lunge. So they do act like predator animals, so it does fit with the question. Huh. You better watch out. It's going to get you with that fucking uh, baleen. I'm imagining an animal that big lunging. Whale Lord uses body slam. Just put it that way. Uh, orcas use body slams. Yeah. I wish I had the book with me. I think it was called Spying on Whales, and it was actually very informative. Uh, also, Leonardo, I don't know why you're giving yourself a handicap saying you want to fight 10 piranhas at once. Just just one is probably already a fucking struggle. <laughs> you, they move a lot faster than you in the water, by the way. Yeah. I saw the movie. Yeah, yeah. I saw them kill Richard Dreyfuss, and if you want to believe uh, Teddy Roosevelt, they can skeletonize a cow in 10 seconds. That's not true. Dude, the man survived Jaws, and he got killed in a, by a fucking piranha. <laughs> he got killed in a lesser movie by a bunch of piranhas. Oh, my God. Okay, go on to the next question here. No, right? Moving right along. This one 
from our friend Dustin. He says, If each movie you have reviewed is its own universe, which one would you want to live in? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> that was my reaction. We've painted so many of them as these horrifying hellscapes. But there's a lot of good ones, or ones that I wouldn't mind living in. Yeah. It's a loaded question. <laughs> I, I could t- I could tell you the ones I definitely don't want to live in first, and then I'll get back to you on the one I would. Okay. Definitely not wherever Pluto Nash takes place or the Daniel Baldwin world. Mm-mm. It would be kind of funny to live on the Daniel Stern world, like if I was like the only not Daniel Stern, and I just was like witnessing accident after accident on the daily. Um, believe it or not, I think I'd probably live inside the Dungeons and Dragons universe. Oh fuck! I think you're right. That I, I that's what I'm doing. Only because everybody's so fucking stupid, and like <laughs> I'd be like Master Thief. You'd be a supreme being. Yeah, I'd be like Riff Raff in that fucking <laughs> Super Thief fucking uh, stadium he's got going on. Well, just make sure if you're there, you gotta you know stop at Snails' grave and and pay your respects. <laughs> Pay my respects. Just those couple of rocks on the ground, you know? Yeah, I definitely, I I probably want to live in that universe and probably want to stay away from, like, the Daniel Stern world. I mean, I'm saying I want to be there just out of of morbid curiosity, but realistically, maybe not. I want to visit. I want to go on vacation there. I don't want to stay there. (laughs) Well, because you just prop up a beach chair and just watch, like, just every denizen of that world, like, pratfall, get hit by a bus, get set on fire. Dude, just imagine him trying to set up a lounge chair. It's, like, goofy or some shit. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, I'm clinking fucking my ties with you guys and just watching everybody pratfall all over the place. Yeah, you're just sur- surrounded by these incompetent goofs who can't do a simple task without injuring themselves. I love it. Sign me up. I would maybe want to live in the Guyver universe because give me one of them suits. Mm, but then you have to fight monsters. Uh, yeah, but have you seen the mo- He's so overpowered, it's ridiculous. Like, none of those are a real challenge for him. Especially if you, like, know how to use the suit, right? Yeah, yeah, and I've already observed it. I get it. <laughs> I uh, maybe will want to live in the Holiday Switch universe because all my problems can be solved by crawling into my fucking dryer. Well, some of them. I wouldn't want to live in the Equilibrium universe. I wouldn't want to live in the Reign of Fire universe. Oh, God, no. Definitely not the Terminator Salvation universe. Oh, no, mm-hmm. no. Everything's already fucked there. You know what? It might be, uh, it, this comes with a fucking caveat. Uh-huh. Green Lantern. Get me a fucking power ring and sign me the hell up. Oh, man, you become Sinestro? Well, Uh-oh. Sure, whatever. I'll, yeah, I'll lead the fucking, the Yellow Lantern Corps, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would also want to live in, like, the Hug-A-Bunch universe. Oh, oh, God. Dude, sign me up for walking through some mirrors going to fucking Puppet Land. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Say hi to Aunt Agatha. <laughs> Watch out for the teeth. <laughs> I wouldn't want to live in the Frankenstein Unbound universe because obviously. No. Sure. You got to bury your bike then if you do that. Oh, <laughs> that's how you gain access, right? It's like a whole ritual. <laughs> it's like Beetlejuice, but instead of like a chalk drawing, you're burying a bike and a portal opens. Draw a bike on the ground. Now draw a box around the bike. <laughs> uh, no, you know what it would be? A portal would open in the sky much like it does in Frankenstein Unbound, but instead of like Genghis Khan, you just hear John Hurt. Ha 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 Oh, dude, he's like Shredder in the fucking Turtles in Time game. Yeah. No, yeah. And he fucking comes in and grabs you. I cover books and their adaptations, so I can kind of be like, which book universe, which movie universe? Ooh, there you go. Movie universe, I would say this uh, 60s movie called Valley of the Dolls, because it is just, everything's a caricature, everything is just over-the-top melodrama, and everyone is just snippy one-liners with each other. (laughs) It would seem like a fun place. So are, are you the one that survives, or are you the one that ODs on the pills? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's been a few years since I saw the movie, but I'm almost positive that's how it ends. Oh, there was some ODing pills. Yeah. Ah, shit. I forgot about that. Spoilers. She was supposed to be like a Judy Garland stand-in, right? There is, yes. Um, I forgot the character's name. It's been a couple years since I've uh, watched it. Same. But uh, there was a Judy Garland. The whole point of that book, the one of the reasons it got so famous was because the author, Jacqueline Suzanne, worked in Hollywood. And so when she wrote this book, people were reading it being like, okay, so she has this fake character, but who is she really talking about? Right. Ah. And that was one of the reasons it sold so much. Book universe, though, I think... Mimic by Donald Wolheim, which was turned into the Guillermo del Toro movie back in like 90-something. Wait a minute. You want to live in the giant bug world? Okay, so in the movie, no, because that shit was terrifying. Okay. (laughs) I go to New York all the time, and I have a weird phobia with cockroaches. I love bugs, but cockroaches, stink bugs, a couple other ones, no. Love spiders, though. Love those things. So Eight-Legged Freaks is fun. Oh, yeah. But um, Mimic the Book, uh, <laughs> it uh, it has the, the same thing. The roaches evolve to, like, man-like size. Uh, they're pretty docile, though. They don't really do anything. Uh, they don't like women. And according to the short story, it's because uh, the roaches are mostly female. And according to the book, women, human women can understand if they're near a cockroach because the cockroach looks like a man and it's basically saying penis envy is a superpower. Huh. (laughs) Okay. I'm glad they changed it for the movie. It's weird and stupid, but at the same time, the end of the short story basically reveals that like nature and animals started evolving to fit in with uh, the city landscape, which was very interesting I didn't think very terrifying until the giant roof bat showed up in the book, but that was still cool. I'm sorry, the what? What? Yeah, what? (laughs) Uh, Giant bat-like creatures that look like uh, tiled roofs as camouflage. Wait a second. What? Get the fuck out of here. That's pretty incredible. Just real quick, can you fucking just crunch that plot for me real fast of the book? Like, are they genetically altered beasts, or are they just like, yeah, well, nature just went crazy? It's it's like four pages long. It literally is, the first page is a lecture on evolution. Um, then it talks about the atomic age, because it, it came out in the 60s. Yeah. And the end of the story is basically like, animals start evolving to fit in with the city landscape. Roaches became big human-like animals even paying for food at stores which was weird (laughs) what yeah and um there are also giant bat-like creatures that nest on the roofs and look like tiled roofs um it doesn't give a lot of explanation so my imagination went wild with that one but apparently they only eat the roaches so it's like oh okay nature's just working itself out all right that that is a bonkers fucking vi- like imagine you're just like yeah. in line getting coffee and like suddenly this guy you're just like small talking to is scooped up by a giant ceiling bat and you're like whoa dude was a roach the whole time like <laughs> <laughs> directed by guillermo del toro you go home you're like well how was the day well i went and get coffee a ceiling bat ate a roach man uh while i was waiting online i was having this real in-depth conversation and he fucking just ate him you're telling me about his kids mr funny shoes very pleasant guy eating on a wrong day <laughs> One world I definitely will not ever want to live in is the world of Bambi. Now, I know people, your listeners know the Disney version. That book is fucking terrifying. And midway through, I had to stop 
put it down on the table. I was on my lunch break at work and I was like, man, I need like a minute. I need a cigarette. Like that was intense shit. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> There's a scene and it's weird to make that comparison, but do you guys remember the, the Normandy scene from Save It Private Ryan where everything's all chaos, people are screaming for their mothers, and everything's bloody and sad? Oh, yeah. N- yeah. no. Yeah. L- let me guess, it's like a, the, the forest fire? No. No, this is midway through. This is just Hunter's... Um, uh, I forgot the, the term used. Um, so there's a hunting technique where you use sticks to whack against the trunks to lure animals out. And uh, it just becomes like a shooting frenzy. What the fuck? <laughs> and it's just chaos. And it is so terrifying. Granted, I will be a human in this universe, but... Sure. You'll be the one firing the firing the guns. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I remember, Smith, you were telling me about this when you had done your episode... And I think the way you explained it was just basically like the animals not understanding what is happening to them. And their like arm is fucking like almost attached. Yeah, they believe man. Um, they believe the gun is part of man and they throw either like a tooth or throw their hand to attack animals. And it's it's a very good book. It came out in the 20s. Um, it was considered one of the first environmentalist novels and it became one of my favorite books that I discovered um, for the show. Um, but would not want to live in that world because that was some depressing shit. CB like closes his eyes, wakes up. He's in the Bambi universe and just like has a gun. He just fires it offhandedly, and everyone's like, "Dude, you shot his mom!" Like, <laughs> oh no! But it's like Videodrome. It's like attached to his arm. Like he is actually fucking <laughs> combined with the gun. Live long the new flesh. He's like, I. He's like, I just wanted. I just wanted to fit in. It drops, drops the gun. <laughs> yeah. While, while tears run down your eyes, CB. Oh, God, no. No. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Orca. Yeah. So, he, so we're, we're talking about Orca. <laughs> Going from Bambi to this. Yeah, which, you know, isn't that different. <laughs> it's a little bit like Bambi. Same same in regards to, uh, you know, how uplifting each each, each uh, story is. Um, yeah, so I, I think the, the easiest way to, to crunch this plot would be to say that um, a man kills... Orca's wife and uh, Orca gets revenge on Guy. It's like a bizarre, wacko, inverted Moby Dick, where like the whale becomes obsessed with the man. Yeah, the great, the, the great white dude, the great white Irishman. I would say the great white Dumbledore. <laughs> the great white wizard, man. If I could, I would like to read the synopsis in the back of the book, which was actually the tagline on the early posters of the movie, and it does describe the plot pretty well. Yes. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Orca, the killer whale, is one of the most intelligent creatures in the universe. (laughs) Just to clarify, this is all real. This is all real. Do we know of any other life besides on the planet Earth? Nope, it's Orca. That's it. Okay. It's the height of intelligence is the Orca. He hunts in packs like a wolf. Incredibly, he is the only animal other than man who kills... For revenge. He has one mate, and if she is harmed by man, he will hunt down that person with a relentless, terrible vengeance across seas, across time, across all obstacles. Orca. That is 
That is the greatest synopsis I have ever read. I'm so glad that that synopsis <laughs> is what it is because, like, about 25 minutes into this movie, the way that, like, the camera and the characters frame a killer whale is, like, they're super smart, they can beat Tetris in record time, and they <laughs> doesn't afraid of anything. I just want to note that that uh, blurb you just read, uh, on the brand new Blu-ray from Shout Factory of Orca, mm. they, they have that on the reverse slipcover, and I just, uh... I really like the fucking art from that old poster, but that entire block of text is just not doing it for me, so I just kept it on the new art. That is fucking absurd. The regular art, or the or the front of the sleeve, rather than the reverse, is the original VHS artwork for the- Oh, is it? Okay, well, I feel even better about it now. Yeah, well, that's why I left it, too. <laughs> is that the one where the orc is, like, coming out, and, like, you see this weird little, like, mush face looking at you- uh, on the cover, yeah, yeah, it's like it's got its mouth open, yeah, yeah. I love that that one horizontal piece of art where it's got like I guess it would be Nolan and the, and the the whale and looks like some kind of like very very old piece of artwork. Yeah, that that's what we're talking about. And then like below that is the blurb that Smith just read. Yeah, I actually have that cover on the book. Uh, it's really good because it like reminisces about Moby Dick, and I, I fucking hate Moby Dick so much. <laughs> You you were the third person I've met like this week or like talked to this week who are like literary people who are like fucking hate Moby Dick. (laughs) Moby Dick written by Charles Dickens, right? (laughs) (laughs) A joke for five people that play D&D with me and CB. Um, I thought that was funny Uh, because our our friend who ran a campaign, it was a running joke that Charles Dickens wrote Moby Dick. Oh my God. It was great. Moby Dickens. Does the whale like get visited by three ghosts at one point? Um, no, but there, there was a ghost to the that uh, fucked with my character continuously <laughs> and I wanted to kill him but I never got the opportunity. Or like the whale's like a poor kid just trying to make his way in an orphanage. Sure. It's a, it's a whale who gets visited by Jaws, the devilfish, and the beast from the, uh, what is it, that fucking, that made-for-TV USA movie. Peter Benchley's the beast? Yes. <laughs> Peter Benchley also did uh, Creature, which mm-hmm. uh, I think I did an episode on that too. Uh, that was based on a book called White Shark, which... It's also another super bonkers book that involves Nazi scientists, uh, strange uh, experiments involving slitting gills into throats and oxygenated water therapy. And meanwhile, the movie's just like, uh, Craig T. Nelson finds cancer cure. Yeah, get coaching here. We got a mutant fucking shark, baby. (laughs) Um, But yeah, yeah, this movie is about like a vengeful killer whale, but like the way it like I said earlier, it kind of makes the more ridiculous parts of Jaws feel kind of grounded because this whale has, like, super problem-solving abilities. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get, get into, into it. it. There's one scene in particular that I am on board with what you're saying, but the rest, we'll, we'll break it down. That's and... kind of I was like, what the fuck is this? I thought most of the shit was plausible, but we'll get to it. Yeah, there is definitely a scene. <laughs> There's a. I was actually kind of disappointed while reading because I was expecting all those scenes because I've seen this movie years ago and again for the for this podcast. And the book, no, it's it's not from the whale's point of view. I mean, they replaced all the bonker scenes with the whale with, like, other bits that weren't in the movie. But I really wish they did have, like, that weird intelligent whale uh, performing things that you wouldn't think would be a thing. See, that's interesting to me. Yeah, me too. Because you had mentioned that to me prior to recording this. And that is some of the stuff in the movie that I like the most. You get a lot of these shots of the whale. 
and they focus on the eyeball watching what's going on. Mm -hmm. So this movie's directed by Michael Anderson. And wait, I got it. It was produced by Dino De Laurentiis. Oh, it sure was. We're going to get to his ass. Arnold, you cannot be Conan. Eh. <laughs> eh, I made I made this movie because the Spielberg made it the shark movie, so I make it the I make it this movie. Eh. It's better. I swear is it. And write a book to go with it. <laughs> now. Well we'll get into that in a second. Eh. David and Liz, you don't need your movie to be three hours. It could be two hours. <laughs> eh. Um just a cloud of smoke and then he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> what is he? The fucking the, the 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 consultant for Beetlejuice? Like Yeah. Juno? Yeah. Yeah, so Michael Anderson's directed um Around the World in Eighty some old you know, older movies, sixties and seventies flicks. Uh, Around the World in Eighty Days, uh Naked Edge, Doc Savage, and The Man of Bronze, Logan's Run was a big one that I that I saw. Whoa. Really? Wow. Yeah, Murder by Phone, uh Separate Vacations with David Naughton. Uh, Millennium, um, and The New Adventures of Pinocchio. Is that the JTT one? Okay, so that's what I thought. I saw the poster, and I'm like, no fucking way. But guess what? It's even creepier, because it's like a low-budget Pinocchio, but it has, like, those weird practical effects, like the JTT one? Yes. Is this the one that is way closer to the actual story? And it's Italian? No, 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 no. That's that's like a dude playing. Okay. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. This one has Martin Landau as Geppetto. Okay. <laughs> and he turns into a puppet. He turns into a puppet? Yeah, and Pinocchio, like, gets some kind of, like... Uh... What is this, the Family Matters fucking <laughs> Halloween special with the Urkel fucking puppet and the Carl puppet? Pinocchio gets, like, some kind of shit from uh, Udo Kier and, like, feeds it to Martin Landau and he becomes a puppet. What the f- <laughs> fuck is this movie? Rumpelstiltskin walks in, throws some powder out of a bag, and he transforms? I Yeah, there you go. I'm I'm uh, divulging it because it's definitely a, 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 a stay tuned for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got it. We got to do it. Got to do that Pinocchio month. That and Pino- Pinocchio's Revenge? I don't know. Might have to happen. Pinocchio month? Fairytale month? Okay. It's, this movie's written by Sergio Donati and Luciano Vincenzoni. Uh, they fucking wrote Raw Deal together with Schwarzenegger. Uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, uh, A Few Dollars More, Duck You Sucker. What? And this movie Screamers? Yeah, yeah. Once Upon a Time in the West is so fucking good. Yeah, man. The, the, t- the pace of this movie does feel a little westerny, I guess, because, like, there are lots of, like, moody like i don't know like preparing for a showdown stuff i guess this movie is very italian and that's why i like it yeah that too and it's full of english people (laughs) and then yeah fucking scored by ennio morricone baby the music of this movie is fucking perfect r.i.p yeah it r.i.p uh it is so haunting uh i think we were talking about this with smith uh before the show and i believe he likened it to cannibal holocaust like when ritz orlani's score is like over like all the carnage (laughs) well so what is is like you hear about cannibal holocaust the uh the um, reputation perceives itself and you pop in that DVD you've never seen it before and all of a sudden you see like these aerial shots of the Amazon forest it looks really moody and there's like this really good score I do not recommend watching the movie to anyone because it is not great Eh. but that score Eh. I I agree I love it too much real too much real animal violence I wasn't a fan yeah there you go you can watch the cut version there's a cut version yeah oh okay shoot I could I could throw away my copy then (laughs) 
<laughs> right in the dumpster. <laughs> that score is just really, really like haunting, and I really love it. And you get the same thing with this one because Orca does have a lot of weird, crazy scenes that people will talk about and be like, oh, I got to check this movie out. And then you pop in that DVD. Well, you have two Orcas frolicking around with another really good haunting score. It's so beautiful, and you know some bad shit's going to happen. <laughs> You know what I mean? That, and there's, I think there's, I think there's something to be said about the music used in horror films around the '60s and '70s, and maybe into like the early '80s, like that heavy, like the the synth-oriented stuff. Like I lean on um, uh, Zombie uh, with the music by um, oh, fuck was that Fabio Fritzi? Yes, that music you listen to it and go like, this is from a zombie film, and you go fuck yeah, and it's played over some horrifying carnage. But like, yeah, that music is kind of upbeat and kind of like it's almost poppy in a sense. Sure, and like this music is very haunting, very serene, very beautiful, and they'll play it over stuff that's just fucking horrifying. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think that's what I I like uh, when music like that is juxtaposed against horrible shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. A more contemporary uh, example is in, in a weird place to pull this from. In the movie Kick-Ass, when Nicolas Cage's character, Big Daddy, is being burned alive, there is, like, gorgeous music playing over this. But in the background, you have Nick Cage going like, ah! <laughs> Oh, my God. As he does. Oh, yeah. 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 Now switch to kryptonite! <laughs> Just real quick, uh, just two two more quick things. Uh, Giuseppe Carosa, Jim Hole, and Alex Weldon did the effects for this film. Now, Alex Weldon worked on the first Star Trek movie, and then all the other guys had worked on films that didn't really involve things of this magnitude. So I am, like, super fucking impressed with all of the effects in this film. Yeah. Specifically the the orca puppets themselves, because it's like, holy shit, they look good. Yeah, and here's my first uh, knock against comparison to Jaws. In Jaws, you barely see that fucking shark, and every story about that shark is that it barely worked. Yeah. In this movie, they don't sh- they don't get tired of showing you this fucking thing. <laughs> no. Right. It's all over the place, and it always looks good. And it's Italian. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was... <laughs> Like, all of, by the way, like, this is an Italian producer, obviously, Dino De Laurentiis. We got Italian guys writing it, Italian guys doing effects. Did they shoot this on location? I don't even know. I was going to say they shot it on location in, uh, where is this? uh, Newfoundland. Yeah, yeah, Newfoundland. I know that they filmed a lot of the live orca bits uh, at SeaWorld, which is uh, funny because the book mentions, the book mentions uh, not SeaWorld, but Seaquarium. And (laughs) it is, like, the author of the book, is just bashing SeaWorld so much. It's like Blackfish if it was written by, like, Dean Koontz or something. <laughs> Good! They they should be! Dude, um, fuck SeaWorld. Yeah. You know what's weird? I think in the movie Devilfish, they, there's also a Seaquarium. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the institute that's, like, hunting the devilfish, the shark-octopus hybrid, is called Seaquarium. I think it is. I, I, I can't say for certain, but I think it is. And I only remember that because of Riff by Server, where he said, he's he's like, this is the dawning of the age of Seaquarium. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell, like, when it's real and when it isn't usually, because it's almost any time it's real, it's, like, being framed very uh, purposefully. But... I don't think that like takes anything away from the film. I think it's really well done. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I think the mix of live action and puppetry in this film 
is way better than its counterpart in Jaws. Sure. I mean, it's not even a counterpart, right? It's just like the movie that people say that this rips off. Yeah. Yeah, and it's notable because when this came out, apparently, like, it got... First of all, it still holds a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is kind of... How? It's fucking ridiculous. Dude, that's nuts. Yeah, I think that, like, even after so much time has passed, I'm like, that's a little odd. People write it off, I feel like. Yeah, when it came out, people were like, it's a Jaws knockoff. I mean, it is, but it's a good Jaws knockoff. Off. Yeah. I'll just say one thing about Jaws because I mean it's going to come up a ton. But like, to be fair, even though, yeah, Bruce fucking was a piece of shit and that's why the shark was not in it as much as Spielberg initially intended. Sure. I feel like that movie ended up being better because of the fact that they don't show it that much until later. I agree. It is. Guys, Jaws shows up so much in the book, literally on the first page. <laughs> we got Jaws coming out two years prior to this film, and then Dino De Laurentiis was like, give me the big fish movie. We got to do the big fish movie. Hey, hey. So what's the timeline on that? Do we actually know the timeline? Because if Jaws comes out, how long... After that, is he getting the book written and the fucking movie produced? Like, how quickly was that done? Like, there was... I couldn't find really anything on on the book. Um, Well, I just want to mention this. Uh, Dino De Laurentiis' name is on the book cover, and it's about the same size and font as the author of the actual book. (laughs) 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 Who was this by? Dino wanted to be known. It was his thing, man. Hey, you know, just like all the other greats, Roger Corman's Frankenstein Unbound, Graydon Clark's Uninvited. John Carpenter's Vampires. Yeah, there you go. Dollar sign, yeah. Uh, The author uh, is literally named Author Herzog. Uh, He was, I I couldn't find much on him. He wrote a lot of uh, pulp novels in the 70s. He also wrote some political books uh, during some presidential races at the time. Um, he wrote, you guys might know this one, the book, The Swarm, which was then turned to the movie in the 70s. The Swarm or, 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 um, The Nest? It's called The Swarm. It has, um, I keep forgetting his name. He played Alfred in Dark Knight. I don't know why I keep forgetting. Michael Caine! Michael Caine. Michael Caine. I saw a bee the size of a peach. I saw a peach the size of a bee. (laughs) Wait, what? It was very unremarkable. (laughs) I saw a thief. Take... A beehive and and toss it into the woods. <laughs> and I killed Macaulay Culkin. I forgot about that. He was supposed to be in my girl for the rest of that, but then he was killed by beasts. And then it was my fault. I threw it in there. I hit him with it. One more little tidbit before we start getting into this. Let me preface it with the fact that uh, our good friend Matt Curione has his own podcast uh, that he does with uh, a, a buddy. I forget his name. I, I apologize. But uh, Monsters Never Die podcast and they are doing a bunch of jaws ripoffs which i may or may not be partaking in um especially the italian stuff so i'm excited for that but yeah his husband i i had um been talking with them because we went to uh the mahoning drive-in to see the the, the batman movies and um freeze <laughs> chill uh, <laughs> but uh what killed the dinosaurs the ice age the ice age <laughs> but uh his husband carlo was telling me because he works for jenkins's aquarium and he knows about cetaceans and stuff like that and um he told me that an orca is actually the largest dolphin species so it's not even a fucking whale huh that makes sense i got a quote from the book about that but i'll save it for later (laughs) i also just did a little just a little research i didn't want to go hard in on science channel shit don't worry i did They eat fucking sperm whales and gray whales and humpback whales and pretty much wherever the fuck they want to eat. But not blue whales. I'm going after that. (laughs) They're basically at the top of the food chain 
in the ocean, which is bizarre. Oh, yeah, they're apex predators, dude. Yep, straight up. We fucking open up this movie with two beautiful um, mirrored images of a orca jumping out of the water. If you're like me and you ha- haven't seen this movie in a long enough time to forget the whole thing, or if you've never seen it, you're like, oh, this is majestic and beautiful as this, like, fucking knockoff El Diabolic music plays over this fucking, you know, these this beautiful, serene killer whales jumping and going, yeah! Knockoff? He scored- Did he really? <laughs> yes! <laughs> and your Morcone- did the soundtrack for that as well. Just blowing Connor's mind right now. It has ejected from the back of the skeleton into the wall. (laughs) Specifically, like, I think in Diabolic, there's this, like, weird song that after he does a heist, and it's like, deep, 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 and, like, that's all I can think of in the opening and the end of this movie. (laughs) That's fucking hilarious. They are playing with your emotions from fucking frame one with this, like, sonar. Oh, yeah. Whatever. What is this supposed to be? Like a submersible or some shit? Echolocation, I feel like. Are there, they communicate through clicks and squeaks and shit like that? Or whatever you want to call it? What do you mean? What do you mean? Specifically, in the beginning of the movie, as it's, like, intercutting between these two whales jumping in and out of the water, mm. uh, it's like a black screen with, like, a number or some shit at the bottom. I, I was very confused by this. Oh, yeah, they, that never comes up again. I, you're right. It, like, flashes for a second, right? I guess the assumption is that is the equipment that we find out Dr. Rachel is using, I'm guessing. Oh, maybe, yeah, like she's she's monitoring them. Yeah. Maybe. Regardless, they're having a grand old time in the ocean, and you just start sitting there in your chair wondering, wow, this is, uh, <laughs> they're fucking with me, aren't they? They sure are. Look at this happy couple fucking swimming around, beautiful music playing. I think that's kind of the point, because um, I was watching this movie, and I thought it was like framed as like um, a 1970s revenge film, like weirdly Mad Max, like the first one. You have a happy couple just kind of hanging out, and then bad things happen. And then the whale's going in revenge. Yeah. There's a Charles Bronson whale. Charles Bronson, Death Wish, yep. <laughs> Somebody actually uh, said that about this film. Uh, that I was reading, like they they likened it to to Death Wish. They're like, yeah, he, he's the he the, the fucking fish is Bronson, and 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 fucking Richard Harris is is the gang that killed his wife and his daughter. I mean, okay. I mean, there's a YouTuber who covered this a couple years back, and he said it's Punisher if Punisher was an orca. <laughs> I kind of like that though. Yeah. Just, you know, the orca has that fucking, that paint on beard. <laughs> He's got to paint it on, like, the eye patch. You totally killed my whale wife. Hey, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a bottle of whiskey on a small remote control boat, and I'm gonna send it over to that larger boat over there. <laughs> but all you hear is, <laughs> <laughs> Like, not even subtitles or anything. What is the equivalent of the fucking sewers in the ocean? It's just more sewers, it just has water in it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bigger ones. He fucking swims into a pipe. And he and he still has candles lit underwater, and everyone's like, what the fuck? Yeah, there's like all candles lit. Yeah, it's like mer- Little Mermaid logic or some shit. Yeah. Right, SpongeBob logic, exactly. Oh my god. Now I am now I have to make a video of the fucking- Every time the whale opens its mouth, it's just gonna be like, hey. <laughs> it's just his opening speech. Why do the innocent suffer and the guilty get away? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> You just zoom in on the eye and you see Lou Gossett Jr. throwing a pizza. Oh, dude, yeah. I'm going to save those kids, I guess. <laughs> so we, we go to, I guess, morning uh, to this little campground where a tent is set up and uh, nobody in fucking sight. You see some guy like on a skiff in the water and uh, we follow like a wire 
that uh, goes into the water, and then you see a scuba diver. Mm -hmm. This is, as we find out a little bit later, Dr. Rachel. Rachel Bedford, played by Charlotte Rampling. We were just introduced to her body at the moment because she's swimming around and uh <laughs> right yeah it turns out that like she's she's on like an expedition there doing something we don't really know i guess researching the whales and richard harris drives his giant fucking boat in hunting a great white shark <laughs> <laughs> yeah can we talk about how when rachel finds a shark in like her area she goes to try hide behind a reef and hold a rock up against her face yeah <laughs> Like what was she, what was that gonna do? I don't know, cause sharks know like they can sense electro electronic impulses, electromagnetic pulses. Yeah, so like she's a marine biologist, she should know this shit. Yeah, um, I've totally forgot about the ampullae of Lorenzi. Okay. <laughs> also, like if the shark really wanted to get her, wouldn't it just like torpedo at the rock and it would just break against her fucking mask? I don't think it's like hunting her. It's just like it's so like unconvincing like this thing is trying to go after her. Well, the movie's trying to make you think it's going after her. No, sure. I think the movie's trying to like remember Jaws. Yeah, remember that movie? <laughs> it's you know what? It's not even a think. They're trying to say it's Jaws straight up. Yeah, oh, sure. Like that is Bruce the shark. <laughs> It's like tenth the fucking size, but you get the reference. Uh, let me paint a picture real quick because Richard Harris is Captain Nolan, and he is captaining the the. Is that even a word? I don't know. Yeah, he's captaining the boat. the The Bumpo, it's called Bumpo. Yeah, I love the name of that boat. The fucking Bumpo. The fucking Bumpo, not the Bruce, which it should have been called. Hi, I'm Bumpo. Bumpo the clown. Which is weird because the the boat in Jaws was Orca. Orca, right? What? <laughs> You didn't know that? I totally forgot about that. After watching this, I was thinking about that, and I was like, oh, well, Orca, again, is, like, the the, main, the, the apex predator in the ocean, so, like, I think it's kind of apropos for Quint to name his boat the Orca, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's narcissistic. The shark killer, you know what I mean? Or the whale killer? You know what I also just remembered, which makes this Punisher reference extra hilarious? In the Thomas Jane Punisher... There is this fat neighbor that he has named Bumpo. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's all coming together. Who he pushes on top of Kevin Nash's head to suffocate. Maybe maybe that was maybe that was uh, Richard Harris's uncle that died? Yeah. <laughs> it could have been. Oh, good. Captain Bumpo. And now that I'm thinking about it, I think he did not kill him that way in the in the movie, but in the fucking book, he totally did kill him that way. Just yeah, in the movie, they kill him by smashing him in the face with hot soup, and then Frank Castle <laughs> tackles him down a staircase, and he breaks his neck. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. So they're hunting this great white because Richard Harris's character, Captain Nolan, is they're trying to capture it to make a make some money, right? They're gonna just sell it to I don't know what a fucking aquarium or whatever. While they're while they're trying to catch the shark, they just happen to come across Robert Carradine and fucking Charlotte Rampling diving, doing something, and we don't even know exactly what. Yeah, fucking Robert Carradine, by the way, playing. Yeah, I couldn't believe that when I looked it up. I was like, what the fuck? He plays Ken. He's fucking Lewis in Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. In this throwaway ass part, he's got like two parts in this. Well, you know, we learned from Michael Ray Bauer. If you get one line, you get in the fucking Screen Actors Guild. So maybe that was why he was in the movie. <laughs> Maybe this was it. this was the door that opened to get to Revenge of the Nerds. Oh yeah, I could see it. We we also get introduced to a few of his other crew. We get his first mate, Gus Novak, this older guy with a beard. Keenan Wynn 
is Novak. I love Keenan Wynn. He fucking did, um, he's the voice of the Winter Warlock in Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Oh my god. Are you serious? Yeah, he's the old guy in Piranha that gets his fucking legs eaten. <laughs> and he's in, uh, one of my favorite, I say this all the time, but I, because they're pretty much all my favorite episode, all of them. Uh, Tales from the Dark Side, uh, I'll give you a million. He plays uh, one of the rich guys that bets the other rich guy um, or buys his soul from him. <laughs> it's awesome. The aforementioned Bo Derek, who I guess is like a medic or some shit. She is dressed like an elf. What? Like, she... <laughs> She's dressed like she walked out of a fucking fantasy novel. Like, she's got, like, this, like, weird tunic and, like, rope belt and, like, weird tights. And finally, to round it out, we have Paul, her boyfriend, played by Peter Hooten. Is that, like, an elfin Hooten? <laughs> it might be. Hey, are you related to those elves or what? I mean, you did just say that uh, she's dressed like an elf, so... <laughs> she is! <laughs> Mysteriously lines up. So, uh, the beginning of the book, like I said, we don't have the orca scene, but we are introduced to our main characters. We don't have our Captain Nolan. We have Jack Campbell. Man. Who is literally just Captain Nolan. That sounds like dog shit to me. It does sound like dog shit, yes. Hi, I'm John Campbell. Not like the tomato soup. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, like, as far as, like, naming conventions go, like... Just saying Captain Nolan, like, yeah, that sounds like a C-worthy name. It's like, hi, Jack Campbell. It's like, are you an 80s businessman? I'm Detective John Campbell. <laughs> Imagine Arnold on this fucking ship as the captain. Oh, I got to get the orca. I got to get the great wide shot. Ah, you just cost me a hundred grand. Why are you doing this? The climax of this film would be very different. <laughs> like I mentioned before, uh, we are actually down in Florida at Seaquarium, not Newfoundland. We'll get there eventually, but... The first thing we learn about Jack is that he does not like sharks. He gets bored of them. He fell asleep watching Jaws, apparently. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to go to Seaquarium and see a stuffed shark, and Jack is just not having it. So they're in line. Everything's all hot and sweaty. He's having just the most miserable time because he's a miserable person. Like, every cliche 70s miserable... like. We'll, we'll probably get to his backstory later on, but, like, none of that is in the book. He's just miserable, and it's, like, I hate this guy so much. <laughs> yeah. In his defense, he's in Florida. Yeah. So he has every right to be miserable. <laughs> Unfortunately, he has no defense in this film. I feel like when you get off the plane, you're just like, Ugh. Yeah, basically. I hate it here. I drove down to Florida in November, and I thought it would be fine because it's, November, but then I stepped out. I was like, what is this? What? No. <laughs> what planet is this? Water! The air just literally sticks to your skin. Yeah. You have to run your fucking air conditioning 24-7. I'm good. The second thing we learn as I turn the page to the literal second page. So Annie uh, Bodarek's character is actually his sister. This is literally like the second thing we learn about him. Uh, he wants to fuck her. Uh, uh, oh. <sighs> Oh, no. The line reads, Jack occasionally wondered, though not for long, what his sister was like in bed. I love how they write it like, well, it's not that bad because he wasn't thinking about it all the time. It's a mo- it's a momentary thought. It just came and went. You know, you know how that shit goes. It pops in there. It's never brought up again. What the fuck, man? I mean, I want to bend her over and stick it in there, but, you know, I thought about it for a second. <laughs> You know, when I saw when I saw Paul fucking Elena, I got really jealous. I, I date my daughter. You know, my daughter's attractive. Oh, no! <laughs> I act like I just walked in by mistake, but 
I knew what I was doing. <laughs> I just wanted to see her ass. Literally the turn of the page. That was it. it just, just dropped in there. I don't know why. And it comes and goes. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm in, like, if you apply that notion to this to this film, I think it's hilarious. I don't think they're related in the movie. Yeah. I, and the fact that Paul puts up with it. Why are we trying to fuck your sister? I'm fucking your sister. Well, maybe we can both fuck my sister. What do you say? Butt out, brother man. <laughs> She's my cousin. I mentioned before, this whole Sequarium chapter feels like uh, Dean Koontz or a coked out Stephen King wrote it because it's just bitter and hatred of everyone and everything from the Taurus at the place to uh, the performer with the orca in the tank that they eventually show like she's just in a skimpy bikini to like entice guys nolan i'm just gonna call him nolan uh just not get confused he's like captivated by the orca and he's like i wonder if orcas feel in captivity i wonder what the orca's like in bed (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i wonder what it's like to fuck an orca with my sister that lecture that annie gives later on in the movie is almost word for word given here but again not by her but by this performer that's in a skimpy bikini it's like man she knows her stuff why is she degrading herself for this uh, that's like some jaws 3d shit man yeah yeah what what what, what is even happening the guy who's who guy who wrote this book sounds like he was lit- yeah like you said like he was like fucking drunk or something or like he was so mad that he had to write the fucking book he was like let me reach into my own personal history and, and add that to nolan's character I'm gonna write about my contempt for women. Didn't we say like Michael Crichton wrote a whole book because someone was like Beowulf doesn't have an author? And he's like, oh yeah, like Thirteenth Warrior, baby, De- or Eaters of the Dead. And it's like this is like it's like someone saw Jaws and he was like, this is garbage. I can do better. <laughs> no, Dino said that. According to author Herzog's wife, she made like a little snippet about like how author apparently thought of this book before Jaws, but only got the opportunity to make it after it was made. And the weirdest thing is, like, he's not in the writing credits for the movie. Uh, Joe, you're the reason why I learned about this being based on a book, um, because you said that your mom uh, read it before? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's how we got into the conversation, right? About what we were going to do? Yeah. Yeah, because I mentioned Shark Month on my channel because I coincide with Shark Week because I'm weird like that. (laughs) Yeah, my mom loves this movie and the book. Um, And she coincidentally had not read jaws until after she read orca <laughs> which is strange but she, interesting but my mother also loves jaws so like that's like her favorite movie she's like she's like what a ripoff <laughs> <laughs> no my mother watches sci-fi channels sometimes and i don't understand that and and then she read the meg and then her mind was totally blown so so i just have to understand this a little better the whole first chapter is in the sea aquarium he's not even on the boat yet he's not on the boat they do like they do a whole exposition dump on uh Jack Campbell's backstory, and it's literally like, I'm miserable, I hate life, I just drift along, and I hate everything, and I just drink all the time, but I have sex with lots of ladies. Cool. Uh, who, are, who aren't my sister, and I'm disappointed every time. I wish it was my sister, but, you know, I just can't get the satisfaction. I pretend it is. I look for skinny, short, blonde women, and I don't look them in the face. No, I, I, I make them lay face down, and I, and I just think of real hard of Annie. They also have to look like they sell potions. <laughs> 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 they they come across these divers and the fucking boat and it's interfering with them getting this fucking great white shark. So they have to circle around. The diver comes back up and gets back in the boat and Ken and Rachel fucking come up to Richard Harris's boat and is like, "Hey, hey, we have we have sonar down there. There's a diver down there." And then he's like, "Well, come aboard or get the fuck out of here." <laughs> and she she comes on the boat and starts uh 
and Kang goes to fucking drive his little boat away, and somehow, I guess the water hits the boat a little too hard, he fucking falls off the side. It was such a weird thing, right? I'm like, how the fuck did this fucker end up in the water? He stands up, takes one gigantic step backwards, and he's like, oh, 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 oh and then fucking falls <laughs> in the water, as if to be like, oh my god, how could this possibly happen to me? There was a banana peel in my boat. And then everyone on the boat is just like, oh, by the way, yeah, the great white shark, oh shit! And <laughs> we forgot! So there's fucking things, uh, this, this great white shark's coming towards him, and uh, Super Whale comes and fucking <laughs> runs into the side of this great white shark, and it flies out of the fucking water. do 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 he fucking nails this great white shark, kills his ass. Fucking, it flies out of the water and like lands on its side, and and no one's like, "Oh, Mary, Mother of God, what could have done that?" <laughs> and Rachel's like. Only one creature in the world could do that. Orca the killer whale, TM. <laughs> TM. Title screen. Uh, that line is in the book um, where the whale does eat the shark. And she does say uh, only one creature in the world can do that. And then here comes Jack Campbell. Dino De Laurentiis. He's the only creature in the world that can do this. <laughs> now I'm imagining like a big giant Dino De Laurentiis in the water, like just oh. arms at his side, like just shooting through the fucking water. The cigar is coming up instead of the fin. <laughs> it's just the cigar smoking through the water. A lit cigar popping out of the water. It's like his blowhole is the smoke. Dino on the horizon. Off the port bow there. So Jack Campbell asks, uh, how do you know? Just out of all curiosity, and then she just comes back, It's my business, you rude bastard. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> Wait, that's like East Ventura. Hey, you got any more of that gum? That's none of your goddamn business. <laughs> I prefer you stay out of my personal affairs. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it if you stay out of my personal affairs. Well, we go from this, pretty much, uh, from them killing the shark, to immediately Rachel giving a talk at a college, like, almost in the same conversation. This lecture is, like, almost a fetishization of the killer whale. She's like, this is where, like, my joke was like, and they're strong, and they're fast, and they're smart, and they can solve any puzzle, and they aren't afraid of anything, and they're better than you in every possible way. Also, by the way, they get revenge. I kind of love this scene. It's interesting. Like, it, it's probably what it was really like to go to college back in the 70s. I mean, maybe. And she's also, like, the lead in her field, I would assume, on Killer Whales. Sure. But she, she mentions that, like, the complexity of the brain is far superior to ours and the only thing that really separates us is because like we have fingers and we can build things and shit like that and we're like terrestrial right and it's just like the idea of having a animal with a brain that could essentially give them even more emotions than than we're allowed is insane to me yeah because she says something along the lines of like because she's playing like a sonar clip to the class yeah and she's saying we studied this and this little clip could be heard around the world yeah that's insane and it's saying 50 i think she says 50 million things in this one little blip and she's like the bible has five million words or some shit yeah whatever fucking sound they make can transmit that much like so much so that they don't need to literally speak to each other you know what I mean? And they'd be like, well, our, our conversations are boring. Yeah. <laughs> because the whale is smarter than us. We use our dumb human face holes to communicate. They use telepathy. More or less. Basically. This was a, this is a fun history fact. This movie came out around the same time that we were actually able to record sperm whales for the ver first time. This was around the same time the Whale Song CD came out. And also the Save a Whales campaign uh, 
partially based on orca research in an aquarium. Really? So that that recording she was playing was like the newest thing. Um, to the point that in 1977, I believe it's the, not the Challenger, but there was a satellite that was shot out into space and there's a golden record on it. And one of the things on there is whale song. So people were going a little whale crazy when this uh, movie came out. And I guess uh, Laurentis wanted to capitalize on that. Sure. It's never like, I don't, I don't ever feel like it's like heavy handed though. I mean, it's now you're watching Orca the Killer Whale. So I expect them to be talking about (laughs) the fucking (laughs) killer whale, you know? They also in this scene specifically talk about how, you know, about how they have mates for life and they make better parents even than humans. Yeah. They're monogamous. Like we talked about earlier, they are the only other creature besides man that will seek revenge. They can identify people and remember people. Yeah. Which is insane to me. Um, again, I, I feel like I've read another book or in some other place that had popped up about the complexity of their brains and all that kind of stuff. And it's super fascinating. And, and again, like I said, said before, like the idea that like this creature that can't write or speak in, in, in something that we can understand being smarter than us, it kind of blows my mind. So, uh, literally right before we started uh, recording, I was on the phone with my girlfriend and we were, I was talking about, oh, I'm doing this podcast. We're going to talk about whales. It somehow segued into talking about the mating rituals because they talk about how whales are monogamous and stuff here. Uh, they are not, they're not. So that's false. Uh, so different types of whales do different types of things. Uh, gray whales apparently have three ways. Okay. Huh. With two males and, and a woman because the one male holds her and the other male actually does it because... Oh, right. They physically can't do that. Uh, they do mention uh, orcas are part of the dolphin family. And I was reading to her this New York Times article back like 20 years ago. Dolphins are fucking assholes, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Okay, so dolphins are the only species besides humans who kill for fun and rape people and have sex for fun and or like hostility. Yeah. Like Joe just said, there were all those. I, I don't know if it's actually true, but to my knowledge, they there have been stories of dolphins dragging people underwater into their rape caves, murder slash rape dens. Yeah. And uh, you're not coming back from that. I'm sorry. You, you might as well bite your fucking tongue off and hope for the best. <laughs> Oh my god! You're getting corkscrew dicks. Isn't that they have like a corkscrew dick or some shit? I mean, it can't. It's got to be worse than whatever Howard the Duck has. Oh fuck, man! Imagine getting fucked by like. Uh, no, I think I think what Howard the Duck has is something you don't want any part of. Oh no! Actually, uh, ducks are the ones with the corkscrew penis. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I, th- I thought so. And now all your listeners think I'm the weird guy that knows animal penises. Ah, uh, you know, we we talked about it specifically on the Howard the Duck episode. So yeah, I revealed the corkscrew dick thing before. Yeah, they open you like a fucking bottle of champagne <laughs> somehow penises human and otherwise come up on this show frequently i'm like we can't really explain again earlier gramps c- cucumber gvd as <laughs> nolan sits to himself like sipping a little whiskey he's like i wonder what that orca's dick is like hope it's a good one drag me under here we go and he does have a lot of love for whales even more so in the book uh much later on she lectures uh nolan um she says and i quote the killer whale is the largest of dolphins and dolphins are magical animals. In Greek, the words for dolphin and womb are almost the same. Don't you see what that means? A dolphin is like the womb of the sea, the womb of all creation. Whoa. Ah. So long and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> 
So I, I looked up the Greek word for dolphin and womb. They are not at all related. <laughs> Why do we, you know, these fucking people don't do their research and it pisses me off. Like, I know it's supposed to be a fictional story and stuff, but if you're going to drop the fucking pseudoscience in, please just. Make it not pseudoscience. Hey, maybe that's why you didn't get a writing credit. <laughs> you said the fucking Greek word was the womb thing, and you're wrong. <laughs> it's interesting, the character of Annie specifically in this film. Uh, I, I cannot fathom why this woman works with Richard Harris. I She uh, to Smith, she seems to be the only one perturbed by what's going on in this film. Yeah, to Smith's point, she, she, does, she does make a comment, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, in, in a little bit. Uh, so we go from the lecture to... Oh, a wonderful uh, shot of some orcas in a pod enjoying their life. Yeah, and they're like, hey, we're a happy family, and we're f- swimming around, eating everything else in the ocean, because we fucking hate it, raping it, killing it, whatever we want to do. And then we have a VO from uh, Rachel. One of three, I think, we get over the course of the film. Yeah, which I kind of like. Just real quick, I want to I ask Smith. I'm like, th- she narrates a lot of this, uh, Rachel, in the film. Um, about like what's going on. She does not in the book. Not at all. Not at all. Um, it is all from Jack Campbell's uh, point of view. And we do eventually get to Newfoundland from Florida. Uh, Jack wanted to sell uh, a great white to an aquarium, I think, in Japan. And when he sees an orca attacking, he changes his mind. And literally... Every single character points out to him that, one, they're not prepared for that. They don't have the money or the equipment to do a whale because they were getting a shark. And Jack is just like, "Man, we'll figure it out. You have other characters being like, what are you going to do? How are you going to do it? And Jack's just like, yeah, just, you know, we'll, we'll wing it. <laughs> That's basically what happens in the movie, too. He's like, he's like, holy shit, kill a whale? Uh, all right, I'll go, I'll go get it, and uh, that's it. It's gonna fetch me a lot more money than this fucking shark will. Rachel's uh, voiceover is talking about, yeah. Uh, Nolan kept coming to my classes and asking me all these questions, and then she's like driving to the fucking shore where he's setting a net up in the ocean. Yeah, and he's like, he's like gearing up. He's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch that whale, and fucking Bo Derek's like, you know, they're monogamous, right? And he's just like, uh. What's monogamous? And she's like, they mate for life. And he's like, huh, I don't give a shit. We're getting this fucking whale. She she goes, yeah, we could be separating a family as she fucking <laughs> loads the syringe. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, he goes, she goes, how much How much should I use it as tranquilizer for the, for the whale if we use that much for the shark? And he's like, well, the whale is about twice the size as the shark, so, uh... Double. <laughs> I'm like, uh... Well, and, you know, that reinforces what uh, CB was just saying. This guy had no fucking clue what he was doing. No, he has no idea what he's doing. But I'm more mad that everyone questions it, and they still just go along with it. Like, he does not give a good reason. Right. It's just like, eh, we'll do it. And everyone's like, eh, all right. They mentioned money trouble, but it's like, just go get the shark. You're prepared for it. Whatever. Right. Sure. They mention that in the movie, too, with the money stuff. And it makes it makes a little bit more sense, but there's no reason to do that instead of just go get the shark. Right. Because Rachel, before he leaves to go on this hunt... She's trying to talk him out of it. Like, yeah, you know, this is a bad idea. Like, you're going to regret this. And she basically can't convince him to call it off. And she she gets the fuck out of Dodge. And you just think that, she, you know, he, okay, here we go. Yeah, we're off to the races, boys, because we're going to go get us a fucking orca. I do like this point of view because it feels very much like she's staying for, like, a scientific inquiry being like, 
like this is something to study especially when all the other shit hits the fan it's like there is never going to be another opportunity to study this with orcas again so she sticks around at least that's my head canon of it yeah i think so especially the 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 events that that happen in a little while i think because she's never seen something like this happen she's like hmm, i wonder what's gonna happen i guess i'll stay around here's the thing Nolan talks about how he's going to catch this thing alive multiple fucking times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The second they see this pod of whales in the ocean, he grabs the biggest harpoon gun he can find and just as I'm sitting there like, are you fucking insane? (laughs) (laughs) He didn't even shoot it with the fucking tranquilizer that that Bo Derek set up. I think that is the trank, but it's like attached to a massive harpoon. Oh, I thought he just, he was like, ah, fuck, there it is. I'm just going to blow a hole in it. Dude, he might as well have. He might as well have shot a cannon at this fucking thing. It goes through the fin of the male and it goes right into the female. And he's like, oh shit. And this thing starts screaming and he's like, what the fuck is that noise? And she's like, you missed the, Bo Derek's like, you missed the male. You hit the female. She's screaming. And he's like, oh, Jesus, mother of mercy, what have I done? You shot it, you fucking idiot. He does that like a bunch of times. What did you think was going to (laughs) happen? He does that a bunch of times. He's like, oh, I feel terrible, but fuck it. Because they fucking, they they start trying to reel her in. He goes, oh, it almost sounds human. Oh, God, it's it's sick, dude. You think he would just cut the line there, right? Well, you know, if he was a decent person, he probably wouldn't have shot it in the first place. But if he did, yeah. So instead, they start reeling this fucking thing in, and it tries to commit suicide by running itself into the propellers of the fucking boat. Yeah, this is hard to watch. It's pretty gut-wrenching, man. Like, and all the while it's screaming. This goes on for, like, a solid seven minutes, <laughs> this scene. Yeah, and that's that's not even the worst part, in my opinion. No, that's just the beginning. Just keeps going. It literally just continues to escalate. Then they fucking get her, and they're like, oh, cut, cut the engine off, and then they fucking pull her up out of the water, and then they swing her on the fucking boom over to the deck and this thing is screaming bloody murder and then all of a sudden a fucking circus peanut pops out of this fucking thing's stomach uh not what i want to eat but i agree uh oh holy fuck this whale has a miscarriage all over the dot all over the deck of the ship did you guys check the rating of this movie it's pg yup same as frozen (laughs) i i believe it's a similar case as like poltergeist where it was like Ah, this could be a rated R, but we're just going to make it PG. There was no PG-13 is what it was, I think. It- sure. Uh, Gremlins, I think, was what the, the first PG-13 movie because of like the scene in the microwave or something like that. Mmm, yum. Something like that, I think. But I remember uh, being a kid running out of movies and my uncle saw the rating. I think it was like um, American Werewolf in London. And I was like maybe eight. And he was like, ah, you're fine. You know, there's whatever back then. And I watched it and I was like, Oh, oh, this is this is violent. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of the movies that like I would rent and I would like whenever David Naughton has sex with the nurse, I would fucking like turn down the, the TV and make sure and like look out the door and make sure nobody was like coming into the room because I was like well he was coming well he yeah he sure was we know that because of American Werewolf in Paris you know we had that through line American shoots in London yeah yeah but it was just one of those things right like whenever there was a sex scene or something I would like turn it down and like look out the door and be like oh nobody comes in oh shit 
But like the werewolf tearing somebody apart is fine. Turn that up. Oh yeah, full blast. Oh yeah, that's totally fine. And then you're in the porno theater, like that's when you bring it back down again. Uh, uh, just a little bit though, <laughs> just, until we cut <laughs> until we cut to fucking uh, Jack and the rest of the dead folks. Nolan just keeps repeating, "Mother of God, Mother of God." <laughs> Mother of God. His biggest concern is to get this aforementioned circus peanut off the deck of the ship because it is disturbing to him. <laughs> Not the fact that he shot the mother and caused this to happen, no. but the fact that it's just gestating on his deck. He's like, oh, I gotta get this off my deck. Everyone can see the exact moment um, my soul broke uh, on our Movie Dumpster Instagram page because <laughs> I grabbed my phone and snapped a picture of my candid reaction as this scene is playing out, because I was fucking horrified. <laughs> and, like, it started when, like, okay, so first, all this whale violence, I'm like, this is incredibly graphic. Um, and then just that one shot where they pant the whale's body, and <laughs> this fucking thing flies out and hits the ground. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Uh, it's like the fucking, the crying, like, shit from Eraserhead for a second. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, it kind of looks like the Eraserhead baby. Yeah, um, and then, like, yeah, like, Sean's saying, like, he's like, oh, we'll get that fucking thing off my boat. Like, <laughs> But, like, nobody reacts because they're so shocked. Yeah. And then he, like, rushes over to a fucking hose on the side and just, like, sprays it off! Like it's a fucking bug! Okay, get it out of here! <laughs> it's a football! You want, It's a football, it's right? A football. <laughs> there were probably other ways to convey that this, like, you know, you killed this whale's mate and that it was carrying a baby, but they went with the most, like, straightforward, blunt, just, like, yeah, they'll string the whale up and it'll just fire a fetus out of itself. <laughs> the suckling had more tact. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you could have, like, someone later on could have, like, cut the whale open and, like, it was pregnant and then, like, all of them had this, like, horrifying, vis you know, realization of what they'd done. Nah, it just, it poops out a baby and then someone's like, get it out of here. I, th I think Nolan, it was supposed to, sh I think it's supposed to, like, shock Nolan. And everybody's just, like, okay with it. They're just like, ah, that's fucked up. We're all shocked. Bo Derek is the only one that actually screams in horror. Yeah. So, they fu he fucking fires this peanut off the fucking <laughs> ship. And um, it sinks into the ocean and then falls into some radioactive waste and becomes <laughs> the fucking, the, the suckling, dude. The suckling part two. Sure. Prepubescent uh, mutant ninja porpoise? Whale. Uh, porpoise. Uh, cetacean. Orkling, the suckling too. <laughs> you guys talked about how, like, the scene could have been done a lot more... Um, tastefully oh yeah <laughs> oh no here it comes i i mean honestly how do you do it more tastefully the orkling well in the book it was annette getting caught in the female and they mentioned the miscarriage but it kind of happens within inside the water it's not very nearly as graphic and it's very like after watching the movie and reading the scene in the book i was like i like, disappointed question mark <laughs> Because you, you open up with a wackadoo chapter about incest no one asked for, and just this hatred visual onslaught on Florida and SeaWorld, and then you, you just like, oh yeah, the, the, the mom dies and is miscarried, and it's kind of <laughs> sad. It's like, no, like, I want my whale roaring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the longer you talk about this book, and the, the more I think about this movie... I think the author of this book had some unresolved <laughs> issues with his life. For sure, man. Yeah. And the writers of the movie did a hell of a job making it good. I'll tell you what. I actually agree with you. We'll talk about that at the ending. Yeah, sure. So they hose this thing off the deck, and it's still screaming. 
And then this is the first time Richard Harris like locks eyes with the fucking the male, and it's just comes out of the water and like looks at him, and then just fucking screams, and he's like, "What's what's she doing? Why is she doing that? I don't understand what's happening." And, and then Novak comes up to him, and he's like basically confronting him about shooting this fucking thing off the side of the boat and he's just like it's okay you got rid of it it's fine calm down novak's a dick too he's like eh, it's just a fish i guess they're all assholes again bo derrick the only semi fucking redeemable person so far in the film and even she i can't even redeem her because she's fucking working with these people what is she even doing there i think she's just paul's girlfriend and they're like uh, i i guess i'll help on the boat mr mr nolan i take care of the medicine i'm the medic <laughs> i guess i'm sorry i i picked her off the renaissance fair i'm sorry she looks this way elfin hooten <laughs> meanwhile nolan's just licking his lips while he's looking at her oh god he's like yeah i know who she is she's my fucking sister keyword fucking sister yeah <laughs> Someone's like, what's wrong with you? She's my sister in a different reality. (laughs) Which means in this one, I can look at her all day and there's no consequences. But she's still my sister in the other reality. And I know it. (laughs) So that's what counts. So they just just push him overboard? Like, let's never talk about this again. Yeah, better movie. The Finn getting the nick on the harpoon uh, was movie only too. That nick on the Finn was actually uh, added beforehand. This whale is apparently well-known in the small town in Newfoundland, and the very original townsfolk named the whale Nick Finn because the Nick on the Finn. Get it? Does he go to the fucking bar there or something? How do they know this whale? (laughs) Hey, Nick, how's it going, buddy? Hey. A bourbon, a scotch, and a beer. Fucking there just drinking with Aquaman. He's just sitting there with his fucking five o'clock shadow down in fucking shots. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy who gets drunk, like, at the end of the night, and he always, like, he wants to tell you the story about the fin. Like, you want to know how I got that Nick in my fin? He starts fights with people, and Aquaman's always the one to defuse it and put it back in the water. Russell Crowe's there and fucking knocks him out, finally. The guilty will be punished. Oi! <laughs> what are you talking about, you fucking... <laughs> Tugger, this, this whale wants to fight. This whale wants to fight me. Let's do it. I'll give you a nick in your other fin. <laughs> so, so, like, do they go into that at all? Like, how it got it? Yes. Or anything like that? A knife fight with Russell Crowe, right? It Pretty much, yeah, kind of. Uh, there is a there is a whole backstory told by Umalek, played by uh, Will Sampson in the movie. I love him. Yes, he's great. He's great in this. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, Queequay, Discount Queequay. <laughs> he is super Discount Queequay. Also, he was also in Poltergeist 2. He's in Poltergeist 2. He's in uh, The Outlaw Josie Wales. Uh, uh, he is very much the Queequay character here. As soon as he was like, I'll come with you, I'm like, fucking... Just- Why? <laughs> we'll get to it. I'm like, you're doomed! <laughs> he wants to fulfill some kind of ancestral something or other. Sure. So then at night, they're all, like, bullshitting in the fucking captain's cabin. Like, they're all kind of shell-shocked a little after what happened. And, uh... The fucking, uh, whale <laughs> headbutts the bottom of the boat. Yeah. And they're like, huh the hell hit us yeah they're like oh shit it was it was the fucking whale he's like is that is that it, it wants to mate he's like it's still still alive he's like yeah barely he's like all right cut the fucking thing down with this isn't worth it that means they've had it the whole time how do you not hear it it basically weeping yeah for hours now on the side of your boat it's just crying on the boat like how could you even deal with that man that is uh sick to my like sickening uh to my stomach just the fact that you have this animal strung up it's like is it alive eh, barely mm. yeah we gotta get it to the sea aquarium. I don't care if it's got a few holes in it as long as it's alive. Hey, here's your whale. And this thing is like, 
like it's gargling and shit. It's it's fucking gross. So he tells Novak to like shimmy up this pole to cut it loose. And he's like, aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> Shimmy's up. The moment this motherfucker's legs hit that pole, I'm like, you're dead. Hold on, guys. <laughs> it's so good. The kills are so weird in this movie, and they're so they're so abrupt. Every kill in this movie is the whale jumps, someone goes, Bah! And then there is a very quick shot of a motionless mannequin in the water, and then it just cuts away. <laughs> oh, man, you get you got to get that Blu-ray, dude. You can see everything. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, because, like, I watched it on Amazon, but, like, everyone has a, a Sam Worthington scream. It's hard cut, and then they're just a dummy. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a little bit of that, but it's it's a 77th film. Sure. Especially, no, I think when Novak is pulling the water, like, he's pulled under, and, like, what is very visibly a completely motionless dummy is in the water, because, like, <laughs> his arms and legs are rigid, and they don't move, and he just sinks. <laughs> I always go to Jaws 4. There's that one kill towards the end where, where fucking Jaws jumps out of the water and rips that guy off the boat. That's pretty much what happens for, like, most of the kills on this movie. Pretty much. Uh, it makes more sense, I feel like, with the whale. No, yeah, agreed. I actually really like the kills in the book. That was the one big plus for me, um, because the kills in the book feel like it could be done by a whale. Okay. So Novak does die similar here, where... Um, Nolan has to turn the boat around real quick, and Novak is on the side, and it's played out kind of like a, was that what I think it is? Did he fall in? What was that shape I kind of saw, but not really? It it felt almost kind of like a slasher at that point, where like the whale just kind of goes, or maybe not. Maybe he fell. Hmm. Nipped him right off the side, huh? Yep. Oh, it's explicit as fuck in the movie. <laughs> like, he's on. He's like, he's like, I'm okay now! And then the fucking whale comes up out of the water and bites him and drags him into the murky depths and fucking Richard Harris stands there like oh mother of god and this fucking whale stares at Nolan for the second time and just death stares him and he's like it's on motherfucker you killed my wife you're dead I'm gonna kill you I'm gonna kill everybody yeah and then just the you know we think we're out of the fucking woods in the depressing part of this film and they gotta just oh man just twist the knife with this final fucking thing um so the male beaches the dead female and he like takes her from super far out and just brings her inland specifically to the to the town where where nolan uh is staying this is where i was kind of leaning to the fact that i'm like all right this movie does not take place in reality this is a fucking this is a folk tale because and it plays out like once the rest of the film like the whale knowingly brings its dead mate to the town in which the man it killed her lives like well it followed him it followed him also the way like the, the way it's filmed is very like surreal and fantastical and like the like Ennio Morricone's scores over it yeah it is very Mad Maxi or uh, uh Punisher like where it's like what is he in the Tom Jane one he digs out his tombstone and brings it to uh I think the Howard Saint building <laughs> yeah but like yeah this is like a five minute sequence too it's long I don't think this is out of the realm of possibility though like I feel like I'm yeah I, me either they're trying to hit this home and like whales do this anyway um and especially I, I guess this killer whale again there's so like, it's like a funeral procession. Yeah, it's it was so bizarre to me because I was like, it's almost like they they bury their dead by pushing them onto land, yes. rather than just like leaving them out in the ocean just to float about. It's crazy. They also make a point here, and I don't know if they do this in the book, but basically showing this whale, this uh, Nick Finn. <laughs> don't call him Nick Finn. Let's just call him Nick. Yeah, you know, basically leave its pod. Yeah, to basically enact this revenge mm -hmm. yeah and i say the folktale thing because the way the rest of the movie pans out like it it becomes 
very personal between this animal and this man. Sure. To the point where they're talking about it like it's another person. And this feels like a very human thing to do, which is like, you know, taunt your, you know, your loved one's killer by like, you know, bringing her corpse up to his, essentially his front porch. Again, like that's, that was, that's the whole point of, of, of kind of anthropomorphizing the whale. Yeah. And it's like, is that possible? I've always wondered that. Like, maybe it is. I don't know. I love how they mix in like the Native American stuff in a little bit, which we'll get to because, you know. Legends have to have a basis for some have a basis somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's some something happened to start the story. I really, uh, I really do like this funeral scene. Uh, going back to how this feels like a 1970s revenge film because you know it is. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. But from the perspective of the orca, we have our happy scene in the beginning. We have our real fucked up uh, death scene, and now we have our funeral scene. And now uh, he's going to put on a trench coat and a skull shirt and go uh, wreak havoc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paint on his beard. He's ready to go. Yeah. And the movie uh, pretty much paints Richard Harris as an asshole the entire movie. I mean, he is a fucking asshole. Which uh, lines up. Uh, the male beaches the female. And then, like, the next morning, uh, Rachel's down there. And, like, Paul and Nolan are, like, driving by. He's like, oh, sh- oh mother of God, again. Uh, he's like, I gotta. I, he's like, you know what? You get out of here. I'm gonna go take a walk down the. I'm gonna walk. He goes down to the beach and she's like reading or like taking notes or something. He's like, he's like, what are you? What are you reading to the whale there? Or what are you doing? Meanwhile, it's it's a dead whale that's covered in blood and, and fucking holes from his that he fucking killed. He inflicted. And he's trying to act like he doesn't know anything about it. And she's like, yeah, so you killed the whale, I see. He's like, I, I, I had nothing to do with that. Sick, I don't know what you're talking about. You killed the whale. Leave me alone. <laughs> it was you. You forced me to kill that whale. Yeah. This is also the scene where Rachel's like, yeah, it's your whale. It's the whale you killed. And it's like, he followed you here. Like, he followed the boat, and then he took the female and put her here. And he's like, ah, that's a, that's a bunch of rat piss. <laughs> and, and then Jacob Umalik walks in. And he's like, oh, actually, uh, it's not, it's, it's not rat piss. It actually, that's, that's probably what happened. He goes, he goes, you're the man who did this. And he's like, yep. Well, I'll see you later. It is what it is. Will Sampson's, uh, character, Umalek, is, uh, he is a very stereotypical Native American in the book. Oh man, he's like talking like it, like how he hit men from town. No, he's very quiet and Rachel does all the talking for him. He just stands there stern being like, hmm. I like this a lot better because he does seem like, one, he very much seems like he's lived there a long time. And two, like there is something to be said about like the native wisdom, I guess, where it's like people who've been in this land for so long that they know things about it that you couldn't possibly understand or have a connection to it that you can't fathom because like you don't have the same relationship with the area that these people do i love that about this guy because he's like he's like yeah um my ancestors tried to kill one and they couldn't like it ended up getting revenge on them too because like he says something where like it it recognized them and it remembered them and that's just from his tales like the native american legends and stuff like that right because rachel mentions that specifically and and jacob kind of backs her up on it like yeah you better not you better take this seriously. Yeah. Umalek does tell that story um, in the book, but he mentions specifically that it is Nick, our orca, who did that years ago. Oh. And I'm just like, I looked it up today. Orcas, male orcas can live between 50 to 60 years, but their average age is like 25. I don't need that. <laughs> it doesn't need to be, oh, that's the same one from the story that I'm telling you. And it's just like, no, that's just the type of animals they are. That's fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. I prefer this one. Yeah. It's not. He's not a fucking cryptid. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that that I think that actually separates this from being like really crazy in the fantasy area where because if it was the same whale, it's like so it's a ghost is what you're telling me. Like it is a. Yeah. It, oh no. No no no. Across time. Yeah. From the synopsis. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Nick the time-traveling orca. John Hurt's whale. John Hurt opens up that portal. He, he's trying to release the Meg, but the fucking uh, orca gets in there somehow and gets, you know, time desolation di- is involved. Guys, that orca <laughs> is on the wizard's side because John has the fucking Meg on his side, and we have to have equals in this universe. Yeah. So it's fucking orca versus Megalodon. I will watch that. You know what I want to see? I want to see the orca go in the Meg's mouth and just eviscerate it from the inside, like the book you know, did. Like the book, yeah. We, we don't need Jason Statham basically swimming from a megalodon and somehow surviving like six or seven times, even though I don't hate that movie. We don't need him in a fucking Gungan ship going around trying to fight this fucking thing. Yeah. Just like Wrath of the Titans, the sequel to Clash of the Titans. No one saw it. Oh my god. Not even me. Don't even... <laughs> ugh, no thanks. Yeah, have the fucking whale swim into the megalodon's mouth and fucking stab it in the heart. <laughs> like with a knife, doesn't even eat it, like... And stabs it. A job well done. Chill. Then we go to the church. Yeah, we go to Novak's funeral. I I guess with just two people, it's just fucking Nolan and Paul. You know, we just we found a toe once. Just a just a big toe. Had a funeral and everything. <laughs> Alligator, everybody. Can't wait to do that one. Anyway. Yeah. He goes up to this reverend and he's like, Yeah, Novak, he uh he had no family, so here's some money, I guess that's his. Donate it to the fisherman's fund. Wait a second. I was under the impression that Novak was his uncle. No! No? The book goes into his backstory. I mean, I, I maybe I'm misremembering this a little bit, but I want to say that he helped him learn everything he knew, but uh, apparently he has no family, because why else would he fucking... Why else would Nolan give the Reverend this fucking check for, like, some fisherman's charity if, if it was his uncle? I think he says something like he bought the boat from him, which he says, my, I bought the boat from my uncle. And then I was like, okay, is that Novak? And he's like, yeah, my uncle died. He, you know, he taught me everything I know, and uh, fishermen likes to be dying at sea and not full of tubes or whatever. Well, you know, Uncle Bumpo, he had... Uncle uh, Bumpo! You know, he went off into the pearly gates and Gus came along. He sure did. Hey, Bumpo, why don't you come, come in? Pull up a chair. We're just about to put the cub game on. Mmm. Smell that? Chicago pizza in the oven. <laughs> oh, deep dish, my favorite. George Wentz there. <laughs> Novak's whole backstory uh, is uh, is in the book. He's uh, He was um, just a family friend. Okay. Yep. Uh, friends with Jack Campbell's uh, dad and apparently uh, Mr. Campbell. Oh, so he's a funkle. Yeah. He's a Funkle. Gotcha. Uh, but Jack's dad apparently was like the best sailor fisherman ever that was and mysteriously died. And the day before Novak uh, died with the Orca, he was super drunk. As, there's a lot of drinking in this book. But super <laughs> drunk and was just like, your father didn't die in an accident. And it's never brought up again. Ooh. A common thread when talking about this book, A, it sounds like a lot of drinking went into writing it. Yes. <laughs> it seems like things also get brought up for the sake of being brought up and then never mentioned again. I write about the things I know about. Booze. Booze and angry, killer, vengeful whales. <laughs> <laughs> Booze and the patriarchy. Fuck it. It's very akin to, like, when Brody shows his scar on the on the at the end of Jaws, but they never, like, go into it, you know? Yeah. And uh, so Nolan goes to leave the church... And he and he stops and he goes, hey, uh, hey, Reverend, can can you commit a sin against an animal? 
<laughs> he's like, uh, yeah, you can commit a sin against a blade of grass. And, he's, and you can see this fucking guy sweating. Yeah, because like that makes a difference, right? Oh, well, God said it's bad, so I, I must, now I got to feel something. He says something like uh, along the lines of, you know, it's not a sin. You're not committing a sin against something. You're committing a sin against yourself when you do it. <laughs> the reverend's like, why? What have you done? He's like, nothing. Runs away. Uh, nothing, nothing. Tra la la. Killed away. I mean, no, I didn't. <laughs> Uh, credit to the book, that line was in there, and I, I think it was a combination of, like, the actor making the line, but, like, it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's kind of super obvious you could sin against anything because it sins to yourself, but it's, like, one of those lines that really, like, I remember, like, with, uh, <laughs> of all things, Lawnmower Man, <laughs> where he says, um... Every phone ringing is the signal of my birth. I'm like, damn, that gave me goosebumps. That's a stupid-ass <laughs> line, but I love it. Mm. It's pretty great. It's uh, legendary in the MDU. Absolutely. That red phone just starts ringing, and you better not pick up because it's nope. bad news. Oh, yeah. And Jeff he is amazing in that movie. Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Underrated movie. Go fucking watch it and listen to our episode from... Watch the director's cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch the director's cut, everybody. Speaking of, I just got the Blu-ray in the mail from Shout Factory. Can I say it enough? <laughs> Go watch that fucking movie. Cybo Man is in it. What more can we say? <laughs> Don't deprive yourself of Cybo Man. Yeah, Connor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Do you ever go back and watch it? Uh, no, I haven't, because I keep forgetting we did it, but, uh, I, I should go back and watch it soon. So, it cuts to the next day, and we're introduced to, um, Al Swain, who I guess is, like, the doc manager guy, played by Scott Walker. And he's basically like, he's like, hey, uh, how you doing there, Nolan? And he's like, hey, guess what? I just want to tell you something, you know, it's a, it's a pretty tight-knit community, you know, everybody knows everyone, so, uh... I heard you were trying to catch a killer whale there, you know. Uh, we're a little superstitious about that around here. You know, drives the fish away and shit. Uh, you get what I'm saying? What I'm saying is get the fuck out of here. We don't want that sh this shit here. What I'm saying is we'll break your fucking kneecaps. Get out of here. We'll fucking sink your boat, fuckface. Here's the thing. Now that Smith has kind of broken down to us that Nolan originally came from Florida up to New Finland, it kind of makes more sense that he's not intertwined with this community, but... In the movie, it's like he's been there for years and years and years, and he's just like, oh, Al Swain, I've seen you around for like the last 15. I've never had a conversation with you. I have the house over there. I'm renting it, I guess. Well, he's new to the port, and I think he's renting the house for like a month or something like that. And it doesn't explicitly say that he came from Florida, right? Well, that's where I'm confused up until I learned that little nugget of information. Not in the movie. I thought he just kind of strolled in. In the book, he's explicitly from Florida, and we are introduced to, like, pretty much the entire town. There's a, a Constable Smith, no relation. <laughs> a, <laughs> a Constable Bob Smith. Oh, there is a Robert Smith, who's the mayor. Again, no relation. Hey, you just said it, Bob Smith. Yeah, there you go. Fucking Joe's a mind reader. We just found out. <laughs> the funny thing is, is, like, later on, we learn more and more about this town, about how, like, it's superstitious about orcas and stuff. But they actually are, like, more like um, the town in Jaws, where they're kind of like, yeah, let's go after this whale later on in the book. Huh. You yell shark. Everybody says, huh? What? You yell orca. And we don't have no fish here, motherfucker. So get out of town. Yeah. It's bad luck. <laughs> I kid you not, within, like, a minute or two of him telling uh, Nolan about this, the fucking orca just starts, like, approaching the town. And just ramming every boat but Nolan so that 
Nolan's boat's the only one left. I fucking love that, dude. I love that. He just fucking destroys... He, like, literally puts his fucking face through the hull of each ship, and they sink right in the right in the, uh, the channel there. Yeah. I also think the effects on these are really good, because they are, one, really sinking these big-ass boats. Mm-hmm. Two, yeah, like, the, the effect in the whale and the, uh, like, the, the underwater shot of it piercing the bottom of these boats you get a pretty good shot of it both times it happens it looks great and yeah it's just an angry fucking swimming headbutt it looks awesome i think the whale though is probably mad about the town too because i'm looking over my notes and uh the the female that was beached the town decided to blow it up oh Oh my my god God. (laughs) that would have been another layer to this movie that would have fucking went in was that another jaws reference hey they they blew it you son of a bitch smile blow it up (laughs) We're gonna, we're gonna blow up the female. Okay, let's stick a fucking tank in this thing's mouth and shoot it. The uh, kids were throwing rocks on it and stuff. Oh my god, that is weird. This town's fucked up. What is the point of that? Well, they do that a lot. That's a thing. Yeah. It was tried before. One town, uh, I wish I remember the details, but like there was a huge beach whale and they decided to blow it up and they didn't know how much dynamite was, you know, the right amount. Oh, I've heard about this and this is... <laughs> This is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Hundreds of pounds of blubber just rained down on the town, destroying property, cars. Did it kill someone? I don't remember. I don't remember it killed someone, but, like, the story was, like, they used a copious amount of explosives to get rid of this whale, and all they did was create a giant, like, ecological problem. Oh, my God. By having hundreds of pounds of viscera just, like, just rain on this town. <laughs> Fucking Earl Bassett and Grady Hoover sitting on the back of their truck with, like, little umbrellas. I think there's another video of a guy, um, like, he's like a news anchor, and he's talking about a beach whale, and I think the whale's stomach uh, gases explode. Yes. Yes, that I've seen. And that's why they, and I think that's why they do it. Yeah, so to prevent, like, this kind of thing. Yeah, but he's, like, totally off guard for it. I'm thinking he's, I think he's also hit with blood and guts. <laughs> Ugh. So you're telling me an entire town looked like that sheriff that had the fucking gunk all over after uh, Kay shoots Mikey in the beginning of Men in Black. <laughs> it was like cloudy with a chance of meatballs, but whale guts. Ugh. INS Division 6, Kaplooey. That's a lot of animal, dude. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Wait, it wasn't a killer whale, was it? It was like a bigger whale, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a sperm whale or a, or a gray whale. I think it was a huge one. Oh. Yeah. I think it actually was a blue whale, and when they found it on the beach, it had a bunch of fucking, you know, bruises all over it from somebody punching it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's what I heard. Rocky moved up in the world. CB just quickly leaves town. He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, they're on to me. I got to get over the border. This whale had a broken nose. Yeah. <laughs> go big or go home. Got its fucking ear bit off. <laughs> the hell? Didn't even know they had those. No. So that night, I guess Nolan like hires a crew to drag this fucking whale off to somewhere, like to the dump, I guess. Like, what are they doing with this body? He's trying to cover it up, I think, because, like, he's sitting there all nonchalantly, and Al Swain comes up and is, like, blowing his fucking, blowing his lid. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know nothing about this whale? He's like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, I just happened to, uh, yeah, come down and take it out. What's, uh, what's the problem? Rachel gives him a book real quick and he's like he's like oh now you're trying to get me to read and she's like yeah it's like legends and shit about whales and stuff and like what killer whales do and and he's like oh great thanks i'll, I'll be sure to put this on my night table and never read it i'd be far to use it for kindling <laughs> so yeah like sean said al comes in and he's like we're, we're fixing your boat we moved it up in the schedule so you can get the fuck out of here okay 
And he's like, uh, you're going to go kill that whale or what? And he's like, hell no, I'm not going to go kill that whale. And he's like, what do you mean? If your fucking whale sunk our ships, drove all our fish away, you fucking prick. I was like, that, we, we, we had a lookout on the, on the North Point, and there was a stationary fin there. He was just sitting there, and that whale is going to fuck some shit up if you don't get out of town. So in the book, uh, he, uh, Nolan gets his, uh, his ship repaired before everyone else and he's even offered some prostitutes apparently that's a thriving business in this town what yeah here's some hookers get out of here yeah pretty much um the town does set up lookouts equipped with riflemen and a cannon what okay are we sure this wasn't a stephen king book <laughs> i mean all the harm all the marks are there but you're missing uh the american uh cars yeah sure yeah are we getting ready to fight the bleeders coming out of the fucking island depths <laughs> the sea bleeders it's like their cousins yeah the fucking humanoids from the deep there's like a big reveal like the wheel like jumps across the water and Granny Van Dam is on its back, like, <laughs> She's on the prepubescent mutant uh, ninja or uh, orca. Yeah, the orkling, yeah. That fucking thing comes out of the water with, like, ten hands. It could talk. Oh, my lord. It's got, like, fucking finger knives. I don't know, all kinds of crazy shit. Oh, what is this, Asura's Wrath? Like, what is- Yeah, maybe. It's got every one of the weapons. It's got it's got the katanas. It's got the size. It's, <laughs> it's got the fucking nunchucks. Oh, my God, I love it. Sign me up. I want that movie. I'd watch it. So they're like, oh, don't go to North Point or whatever. And he's like, all right, I won't. And then he does. <laughs> and then he sees the whale. And the whale's like, I see you, motherfucker. I fucking died in this scene because, like, he's over there and he walks up. He's like, he's like, ah, I had no big thing. Ten points to Gryffindor. <laughs> and then this fucking whale pops out of the water and goes, ah! And he's like, oh, there you are, shit. With a bright red light fucking shining on it. Dude, I love it. Like a giallo film. Yeah, it's such a fucking, it's, it is, it's both terrifying, it's, it's terrifying and kind of hilarious. It reminds me of Jaws the Revenge in the beginning, like, where the shark comes to get Brody's son. Yeah. And the red light's going off and it eats him. Oh, yeah. They, do you think they saw Orca? Probably. Yeah. Ripped it off, those sons of bitches. Yeah, because that time, by that time in the franchise, they were just like, fuck it and whatever. It's literally called Jaws the Revenge. Oh, man. You know what I just realized? You know, I said that, that all those kills made me think of Jaws the Revenge, but really, Jaws the Revenge just ripped off Orca. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> those motherfuckers. You know, I can kind of believe that based on, like, how... How ridiculous Jaws Four is! Fucking Jaws Four is so stupid. Yeah, and like I think this movie is a little like a little surreal and ridiculous, but like like you said, Jaws Four is goofy compared to this movie. Yeah, Dude, the premise of Jaws: The Revenge, I'm pretty sure, is like it's the offspring of the original shark. And it wants to kill the Brody family because it knows that Sheriff Brody killed its mother. Yeah, and it, it tracks them from, like, Amity to, like, the fucking tropics or something. Like, Yeah, no. See, I can't buy that. I buy it with the whale. I don't buy it with the fucking shark. Well, yeah, you buy it here because this is such a, such a small area and, like, it's very condensed. Whereas that, it's like, they left from what could be New Jersey all the way down. It's also a hyper-intelligent animal that migrates and does all kinds of shit and communicates across the fucking world. Oh, yeah. Sharks are just like i'm stupid gray white sharks actually are known to be really good mothers they keep uh with their pups for a long time so it's not really i mean it's obvious <laughs> it's obviously crazy in jaws of revenge but it's not that far-fetched i mean it is but <laughs> so are you telling me that the first jaws movie is just a mom trying to trying to take care of her her kids eating the kintner boy she's like yeah well i gotta feed my family so here you go i will read that fan fiction yes <laughs> 
Someone make that. I will read it. I'm just imagining this like shark going home and like these like shark babies are, like going all the fridge. She's like, tuck it in, boys. You know I'm working nights. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that? A a what shark? A baby shark? Oh my god. <laughs> do 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 do. All right. See yourself off this program. In fact, uh, Michael Caine found that baby shark and he said, "I found a baby shark. I found a baby shark. I found." A ruby. I found a baby shark that was the size of a whale fetus. I found a ruby the size of a baby shark. <laughs> you think Michael Caine fucked that shark? I found a ruby the size of a circus peanut that came out of an orca's vagina. But only, <laughs> only the stale kind that came out of the, the orca's vagina. Impossible to chew. <laughs> you gotta put it in your mouth and let it soften it up a little bit before you chew it. I think he was in that helicopter at the end of the movie. I think so. I th- you think he fucked that shark? And they're like half-breed kids? It's like Chalky from Cabin Boy? That's how that happened. Well, Michael Caine might not have, but we don't know what Nolan's doing. Oh, ma- well, no. Nolan fucks the, the orca. You know. Sure. That's different. Uh, going back to that North Point scene, that part is in the book, too. And this was another one of those scenes where I was like, I really wish they added this in there. So there is a dog in the book, just named Dog. Because Jack Campbell does not care to know its name because he's an asshole. Uh, I hate this person. Is it a, is it a sin to not name your dog? <laughs> does he kick it into the water or some shit? They're, uh, they're on the beach, whatever, and it's very foggy. And they really do set this really cool scene, whatever, with the waves coming in. And out of nowhere, the orca lunges onto the shore, which is actually a hunting practice in orcas down in South America when they hunt seals. Really? Huh. This is a thing that orcas do do, and I really enjoyed that scene in the book, and he eats the dog. Hey, hey, remember the scene in Jaws <laughs> when the guy's, like, yelling for his dog and it never comes back? Pippet! Remember that scene? He throws a stick to it, right? But, like, the, then the dog gets out of the water. And then something else happens. Yeah. But uh, we we get a little bit of that uh, breaching <laughs> a little bit later in the film. There's a quick scene, too, where um, he catches it, where Nolan catches up with Jacob, and Jacob's like, uh, yeah, you should probably uh, try some Native American magic to get rid of this fucking whale. And he's like, he's like, oh, would you do that for me, lad? And he's like, uh, no, the world's changed now, and even our gods dance to a new song. <laughs> and I loved that line. You're you're downplaying this scene extremely because why? Yes, he he does say that, but he laughs in this guy's face like he's an asshole. Like, <laughs> yeah, could you try that for me, you fucking idiot, indigenous person? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was serious. Like, could you do that? And he's like, No, I'm not doing it for you, you stupid fuck. Yeah, let me do my rain dance for you, you fucking asshole. <laughs> this is the only guy that's showing you any sympathy for some reason that I'm not really sure about. And he keeps coming back to him like, I'm gonna help you. Do whatever you gotta do. And I'm like, why? Yeah, for reasons that are never really explained. Could be nefarious. No one's sensitivities too, like, would lead me to believe he just walks up to him and he's like, Tatunka. Just like, <laughs> just like, does something really insensitive. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like, again, like, he's only there because he's, because Nolan's interacting with the orca and he's like well i'm gonna do it too well, i think he's also there as like a uh as kind of like a filter for which the the animal's intentions can be announced through a different character sure yeah we we also just i want to note this now because it's going to come up later uh when nolan is kind of having that stare off with the orca in the water at the dock uh, he has, like, a real quick flashback that's, like, really out of context at first where he sees the orca baby fetus yeah. p- 
plop back on the deck and then goes immediately to a car crash and then he kind of like snaps out of it like catches himself yeah this is weird because it gets brought up one more time and then it doesn't really have an effect on the plot it seems uh twice and we'll get to it because i have some words for it yeah me too (laughs) but i I just want to note that so we can set up for it later on sure he like sets up a fucking dummy at north point trying to bring in the orca and he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot him right in his fucking eyes or whatever and uh rachel comes down and she's like what are you doing he's like well that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna kill him and she has this whole uh thing where uh she's like oh you know you're a chump because you're gonna just shoot this fucking thing in the face when you see it rather than go like it wants you to go out to sea basically and this is where she confirms that like oh yeah it destroyed the boats because it wants you to get on your boat to go face it out in the ocean or whatever right it wants you to put on your boxing gloves and jump in the water <laughs> look that's basically what she says like fight it on its own uh, ground you have to fight that whale on its own turf you big fucking bore of a man kiss me maybe i'll keep you warm oh oh you said it you said it oh we gotta talk about it <laughs> they fuck <sighs> They fuck. It's implied in the movie, and I'm like, why Why is she fucking this guy? Yeah. They have negative chemistry. Like, the whole time in the movie, like, she's just chastising him for being a piece of shit. And he's like, isn't that special? Anyway, you're a woman. Yes. That whole, everything you just said, that caricature, that is Jack Campbell. <laughs> and the fucking scene is this scene right here, the dummy scene. He fucks her in the tent? They don't have a tent. They have a sleeping bag. Uh, they are literally like arguing. They're like, fuck you, fuck you. And then they just kind of lock eyes and they're like, (gasps) and then it just goes off. And then Rachel is like, I'm headstrong and independent because I'm worried that people don't think I'm good in bed. And I'm like, this Uh, uh, is the worst. What? Yes. So you fuck a drunk sailor? Old drunk sailor? What are you talking about? You you fuck a murderous drunk sailor. An insensitive scumbag. Is this the scene where she says, like, if we're treating this whale like a person, like, then we have to consider what it wants? Yes! Yeah. She Yeah, she does! Yeah. And then she fucking reneges on it later! She sure does. I hate this character! <laughs> I fucking hate her! Yeah, because she says something like, well, we need to give the whale what it wants if we're considering it's feeling like it's a person, and what it wants is you, so you need to get in that water and face it, face it on its own terms, like, on e- equal footing, which, like, really, there is no equal footing between between no one and this thing no how do you even fucking do that no the whole movie convincing this guy that he's got to take care of what he started and then in the last like 30 minutes she totally flips her stance and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about lady she does she's like oh you gotta go face him and then and he's like well i'm gonna kill him and he's like no you're gonna try to murder him huh and he's like you're an animal you science should be studying you and like to a point, I understand that. Yeah, and she's going to study him, apparently. She's going to study his <laughs> fucking dingus, because, like, I don't get it. It is so horribly awkward, and the fact that, like, she doesn't change at all during this whole thing. They're still, like, bickering with each other, and then randomly she'd be like, Oh, darling, are you ready to go out there and fight the whale? And it's just... It's very frustrating. There is no way in real life that this woman would fuck this guy. I'm sorry. She just wouldn't. This is also the scene, and I'm just curious how this plays out in the book, but uh, where he reveals that little flashback he had to Rachel... And he, and he says how, oh, you know, I can relate to the whale uh, because my wife was pregnant and she got killed by a drunk driver. I'm her, I'm the whale's drunk driver. I understand. And I'm sitting here like, dude, it's not even the fucking same thing at all. He's like, this is about me now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> he is that guy, right? Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, they try to establish this, like, kind of symbiotic relationship between him and the whale, but it doesn't quite work because it's not exactly the same thing. Like, it's not like he was under the influence while he killed this fucking orca, right? I mean, well, he, he kind of was. You could say that he was green uh, trying to, to, with greed. Sure. You know what I mean? That That's all he was thinking about, like, blind with greed, but, like, it doesn't. It's kind of not the same thing, but I guess it's one of those things where it's like, well, I'm a human being and everything else in the, in the, on the earth is fucking beneath me and I don't give a shit or respect it. Everything you just said is not in the book at all. (laughs) There's no backstory. There's no anything like that to make him sympathetic in any kind of way. No drunk driver. There is a wife, but she leaves him because he's a horrible human being. Because he is. Good. Accurate. I like that better because, again, he's trying to build sympathy for himself. But, like, let's look at this. Let's break this down just for a minute, and then we can move on. Sure. Drunk driver. Okay, you could argue they made the decision to get in the car, much like he made the decision to shoot the whale. Sure. But the difference here is... It was conscious. Yeah, exactly. And you made a point to shoot this thing, and you essentially tortured it. After how many people told you not to do it, you just did it. Of your own volition. We're not talking about somebody with a gun who's drunk who just shot up, shot somebody by mistake. Yeah. Like, you aimed a harpoon and fucking pulled the trigger and then regretted it later because of what happened. You went out with intent is what happened. Yeah. He also takes the extra mile as far as, like, this being really inappropriate because he harpoons this whale, strings it up in his boat... It miscarries. He sprays the fucking, the, this dead child off his boat and then just leaves the fucking whale there. And then later on, he's like, oh, oh, Mr. Oh, Papa Whale's upset. Cut the, cut the lady down. Right. And, and like, is the implication in that he's sitting there thinking about his wife's dead fetus? Is that why he freaks out? I mean, he does at the at one point, but like, it, it's, it's very much him shrugging it off every time it comes up, like in his, even in his own head. And it's like, dude, the, like these events are unfolding in front of you and you're just like, eh. Whatever. I mean, I guess it's enough to get Rachel to sleep with him. Since since there's no prostitutes in the movie. I think she's fucking drunk, is what it is. I I actually prefer this backstory because at least it's it's something. Yeah. Yeah. Like reading page after page of just the most... I, I hate this character so much. No, yeah. It does give him a reason, I guess, to like suddenly give a shit about what he's done. Right. But at the same time, like if this was such a traumatic event for you, like the moment you did this should have triggered something. Unless you're such a like a self-loathing, like hateful douchebag that like you don't even consider this horrible thing that happened to you when you've essentially committed the same atrocity against nature like you're kind of a scumbag too yeah in his head though he's like oh, it's just a fish i fish i'm a, I, that's what i do for a living you know what i mean yeah right yeah exactly i think another thing is that uh richard harris is like he's a good actor and he's able to emote well that too yeah, yeah. and that's why we like him at least in some regard no for sure i mean I hated the guy, but they at least made an attempt to humanize him. You know, you add the whole thing where he goes to the reverend, because you can tell he's kind of, he's feeling the weight of this, I guess because it screamed when he shot it, and the whole fetus situation, and he's not really sure how to feel about it, because like you just said, he's just a fisherman. He's never really had to think about these things until now. Right. Yeah, and then later on, he's like, I'm setting this boy up to be murdered by an evil wizard, and Snape's like, how could you do that? That's pretty <laughs> fucked up of you. And he's like, whatever, Snape, don't tell me what to do. It was all part of the plan, don't you worry about it. Yeah. Then the whale breaks a bunch of fucking gas pipes. This shit- Oh my god! Had me fucking rolling, because at this point, like, this is where I was like, this is a fucking fantasy movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
this whale like approaches the fucking island, smashes some oil pipes like that are like conveniently placed over the water or something. I'm not really sure what the- gas pipes. Uh, they're gas pipes. Yeah, the petrol. It causes a fucking explosion at the nearby refinery or something or like he pops the fucking pipes off and then manages to like smack this other ship that has like a lit lantern in it that falls onto the gas and then lights the boat on fire which explodes then catches the pipe on fire which runs to the refinery and it fucking ex- the entire island explodes pretty much the spooky wind from final destination has less like intuitive instincts than this wheel does <laughs> <laughs> spooky wind. Meanwhile, it's like breaching in the air, fucking like basically in victory as this gas factory blows up in, in the background. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Doesn't it do like a backflip yeah, yeah, yeah. or some shit? It might as well have. Yeah, it fucking celebrates. This scene is in the book, but like I mentioned before, how like the whale's perspective is non-existent in the book. Right. What we do have are Janet and Tim, two teenagers out on the rowboat about to be making out. And apparently Janet I quote the book, she plays with her tongue like a trumpet. Oh my god, I don't like this book. No. <laughs> Just based on what you're telling me. Now now he's like, oh, that's what it's like to kiss my daughter now instead of my sister. Mm. It's like boobs, which feels like bags of sand. <laughs> so any music nerds listening, um, you know full well that a trumpet is not played with a tongue. You play with your lips, you vibrate, and that's how you make the sound. Mm-hmm. Now... A harmonica, you use a tongue to change the pitch of the note inside. And this is our little Free Willy connection. Does anyone remember the song with the harmonica and Free Willy? No. Uh, The Michael Jackson song? Uh, No, there was some kind of uh, song... uh, the kid plays it, and the whale kind of does like a weird duet, I think, with it. Oh, geez, no, I don't remember that. Was he fucking like John Popper from Blues Traveler? Yeah, I remember this. I I have no recollection of this at all. I have no idea. He's doing that initially when he breaks into the park and then gets knocked out, and that's when uh, uh, Willie kind of saves him the first time, I think. (laughs) Could you imagine if he was, like, Jabberjaw, and he, like, got out of the tank and, like, walked around (laughs) with the kid? Yeah, it's Jabberjaw. And was like, nyuck, 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 we gotta get out of here. Knocking on the security office's window. This boy. (laughs) I mean, honestly, that's how I picture this Punisher orca. (laughs) Just add the beard. Time traveling Punisher Orca. Pun Orca. Come with me if you want to live. The Orca er. Your petrol stations will be punished. I'm gonna kill your snack machines. This book is weirdly super horny, despite the movie not being like sexual at all. No. Oh, the movie's virtually sexless. Yeah. Like we have the prostitution thing, and then we have another point where when the boats were being repaired, a large boat was being lifted out of the water and it was described as a fat woman nude. End quote. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. It's like it's it's like playing your tongue like a trumpet. Well, now that you mention that, there is a lot of fucking in the Jaws novel. Oh yeah. When I read that, it's it's not what I expected, and and the, obviously th- that's another case too where the the movie's better than the book. Um, it's weird. There was like a rape fantasy, wasn't there at one point? Um, like a character says that she wished a, uh, the repairman would. Uh, Take advantage of her or something? Possibly that's in there, but I know that, like, Hooper fucks Mrs. Brody. (laughs) Yup. A lot. And Brody just kind of, like, 
puts up with it. It's weird. It, it's it's like I don't I don't know. I don't need this. You know what I mean. <laughs> and then Brody just uh, he's drinking a lot of wine in that book. Put it that way. He sure is. Maybe uh, I, I mean maybe that's a correlation that they was like okay I gotta have fucking in this orca book. Oh maybe yeah. I, I could see it. That explains Annie and uh, Jack Campbell. <laughs> well, does it? Oh, I thought you were going to say fucking his... Well, yeah, yeah. That too. Well, yeah, because at some point, I, I forget if it's this scene or a little bit earlier, Nolan's in his fucking boathouse or whatever you want to call this thing, his house on the on the water, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Paul, uh, you got you to gotta look at this. <laughs> and Paul is like in there about to get on top of Annie, and he's like, ooh, ah, sorry about that. With her leg in a cast and everything. Yeah. Meanwhile, he has a huge boner. Paul is actually in the book, and they are like fiancés, and that's what prompted the the weird imagining her in bed thing in the beginning was like pointing out like, oh yeah, they're together, and then he occasionally thinks about fucking his sister. Ew. So then it could be still be his sister in the book. Yeah. I mean, in the movie. Could be. I, I don't want that. I don't want that. Stop this. It's already there. It's in your head. No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I think in, it, right here he has like the revelation, doesn't he? Where he's like, "All right, I fuck it, I everything exploded. I'm I'm going after him." So we we go to the next morning, and you know Al Swain's there, and he's like working on Nolan's boat, and he calls him, and he's like, "Yeah, uh, so you're leaving at dawn. We got your boat basically done." He's like, oh, uh, wait a second. Uh, what are you talking about?" He's like, "No." He's like, "Is this Al?" He's like, "It doesn't matter who it is. The boat's gonna be ready." <laughs> Uh, you're leaving then, and then he hangs up on him, and he's like, oh, shit. Is this Al? He he starts looking around for a piece of paper. He's like, oh, what, where the hell did I put that phone number? He's like, Paul, uh, we, we got to go out in the morning. We're going to do this. Go out and get the supplies. Get some gasoline. He's like, I got to call my bitch. I, I mean, Rachel. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm going after him. She's been telling me the entire film to go after this thing. Let me call her so she can convince me. Hi, are you awake? No, I'm, I'm sleeping, actually. Well, I'm going after the whale. I'll see you later. Huh? What? Let me sit up and light a cigarette seductively yeah <laughs> to myself there's a there's an entire subplot about the town they're not superstitious about the whale yet uh they actually want to go out and hunt like jaws right where they're super into killing this whale a what <laughs> um there were two boats that they actually found the orca lying in in the water and they try to get a net around it. And this is, again, one of those scenes where it's like, I really wish they added this in here, where the whale gets caught in the net on purpose and then nosedives in the water, pulling the net between the two boats, colliding them into each other, and then blowing it up. Whoa. That sounds awesome. Oh, uh, that's dope. I like it. That's sick. These kills are like the reason why I kept reading because I was like, all right, that's pretty sweet. I can see how it could be like expensive though, right? Yeah, yeah, it would. But it's a lot more believable than blowing up a fucking building. Sure. <laughs> exactly. Multiple buildings in a fucking power plant of some kind, some gasoline factory. No, totally. All of them, uh, after after the boat fiasco, there was an angry mob outside that uh, boathouse, or the house on the stilts, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angry mob shows up, and Paul is a just an asshole, and he's like, I'm done. I'm, I'm going out. Bye, everyone. I'm leaving town. Later, everyone. 
And as he's trying to leave, the mob grabs him, just beats him up, and throws him back in the house, being like, no, you're stuck with them. Oh, man, that would have been amazing. Beat the shit out of this weird-looking dude. But Paul doesn't do anything in the movie. Like, he's not good or bad, really. Yeah, he he just shows up to complain. Yeah, he's just a whiner. But he has no effect in the plot. None. No. I like the way that they do it in the film, though, uh, with the townsfolk. Yeah. Yeah, so he's on the phone with uh, with Rachel, and she's she makes a comment to... Or he makes a comment. He's like, I'm going after the whale because that's what the whale wants, little lass. And she's like, wait, what are you talking? This is where she reneges, Sean. She's like, she's like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Just because I told you that that's what the whale wants doesn't mean that's what we should give the whale. I was just being a dick because I thought you were insensitive, but you're not insensitive. Uh, I thought you were an asshole, but you're actually a sensitive asshole. He goes, yeah, I take that as a compliment. She's like, well, take it however you want. And he's like... <laughs> It's like it's like daring someone to jump off a bridge when they get over the edge. You're like, whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> yeah, I was kidding. I I just I just put this idea in your head for like days. Yeah, right. Yeah, I didn't mean jump off a bridge when I said go jump off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> but but you also bought them a book about jumping off bridges to your death. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and said, ah, make sure you read this over front to back. Here's a book about the folklore of people jumping off bridges. Don't jump off a bridge. How to jump off bridges. Written by How Do Howard, of course. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a, it's a bestseller. Man, his career is really flourishing after, uh... Well, once he was activated, you know, that was that. Once Terry O'Quinn came into the fucking picture, it was all uphill from there. It turned out Lucky had a lot of good luck to give. Just gave it all to Howard. Yeah, and he gave the starfish to Nolan. Aww. Oh, I'm fucking it. Well, you know, GVD took that back at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> she just... She just, like, he's on the boat. She, like, pops out of the water wheelchair and all. She's like, give that back, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a mermaid tail, though. I mean, realistically, if we're talking about the starfish that was on Lubden's dick for uh, maybe a century or two and GVD couldn't locate it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. If she, she if she actually ever got that back, you know she's sitting there going, hey, hey, hey. She's like pumping all the fucking leprechaun cum <laughs> into a fucking bucket. <laughs> oh, this is going to be wonderful. I can make an army of these little bastards now. I just made a deal with McDonald's to give them a bunch of leprechaun cum. Shamrock shake, anybody? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, right, yeah. That's part of the deal that Lubden made with GVD, of course. He just, uh, he doesn't like to give her his part of the bargain. No. I like that GVD is, like, constantly, like, literally could be within the next frame of any story we tell where she's just waiting in the winds. Like, Yo, she's on the periphery all the time. Yeah? She's like that shadow that you think you see and you turn and she's gone. <laughs> oh, yeah. You just hear squeaking wheels. <laughs> so he's like, okay, we're getting out of here. Um, so, yeah, Paul goes to get gas and, like, fill up the truck, and he pulls up. And he's like, he's like, hey man, can you fill it up? And I'll get to, you know, and I'm gonna, I'll take care of the air in the tires. He's like, nope, sorry, ain't got no gas, ain't got no air, ain't got no oil. And he's like, the fuck you talking about, man? That guy just filled up his car. What, what are you playing at, man? And he goes to go grab the guy, and Jacob like grabs him by the arm. He's like, listen, I've been waiting at this gas station all day till you got here. <laughs> <laughs> There ain't gonna be no bus tickets either because they want you to get on that ship and get the fuck and take the orca with you, you fucking asshole. And he's like, by the way, uh, I'll go with you. How does that sound? For reasons. I don't really have a good one. I'll bring my own coffin. I mean, what? <laughs> he like looks at the camera. He's like, I'm here to actually fulfill the Queequay role. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> While Paul's gone, you know, chatting with Jacob, uh, Bo Derek comes out and she's like, yeah, uh, 
I know I got a broken leg, but you got to take me with you, Nolan. He's like, <laughs> I just sit down over here and have a little wine. I got to go fill up the boat. He goes, he goes, oh, you're going to rest that leg because you got a, a long, bumpy ride ahead of you into a whale's mouth. Okay, I'm going to go into the garage. <laughs> it's a long tumble down your own floor. What's nothing? Oh, it's a tumble. All right. Here we go. Okay. So he's like fucking around in the garage doing whatever. And, um... Our old pal Nick comes up and starts taking out the fucking pilings to this fucking house that's sitting on the water. You know, well, first he takes a tip from fucking Jurassic Park, but instead of, like, the footprints causing, like, everything to shake, it's, like, his sonar. And she's, like, looking at the glass, and it explodes the wine all over her. Oh, yeah, that's right. That does happen. Well, I guess if you can hear something around the world, it, he can, like, focus it and, like, blow up a wine glass, I guess? Uh, yeah. All right, yeah, this this whale has fucking superpowers now. <laughs> Hyperbeam that shit. Yeah, pretty much. He's like Charles Xavier. However, this scene kind of terrified me because... Oh, it's great. Your worst nightmares, right? Yeah, I mean, like, one, like, the, the killer whale is one thing, and two, like, the fact that it's collapsing your house... Into the water where you have zero advantage. And there's a bear trap on your leg. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. <laughs> Bringing it back to ticks. Mm-hmm. But you're right, Connor, because, yeah, like it starts hitting all these fucking support beams and this house just starts sliding into the water. It's fucking scary. And Nolan, like, sees it happening and rushes in and Bo Derek is, like, fucked beyond belief. Oh, man, she rolls to the fucking back of the house by the water. I mean, as, you know, gravity. But, like, it takes a while for this whale. Let's whale's, like, taking its time. Like, <laughs> okay, this one. Okay, this one. He's, like, he's playing fucking Jenga or some shit with his house. He's, like, okay, I'll attack once I can see the guy I actually want to kill. <laughs> yeah. But until then... Well, I want to make sure the guy I want to kill sees me kill or and or maim somebody that he loves. And, you know... It happens because <laughs> Nolan comes in with a net and him and Paul are trying to get Bo, basically, to, to pull them up. But because it's on such a slant, it's kind of even hard for them to pull her up. Yeah. And the fucking orca breaks through the floor and starts taunting them. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, they're falling down this floor, too, as they're trying to get her. Like, they're slipping and sliding while holding onto this net. Yeah, and fucking, he, uh, the orca actually hits it, like, one last time, and Nolan goes tumbling to the to the end where Bo Derek is. Holy shit, yeah, it looks fucking painful, because uh, he careens down this fucking floor and, like, hits back first against, like, like a little wall or something. Yup, and then finally Bo Derek kind of slides far enough to the edge where the water is and the fucking whale comes up and bites her broken leg off yeah in one single like and it just <laughs> fucking swims off <laughs> it's just like i'll take this he fucking give me a break of that kick at bar and there it goes <laughs> <laughs> give me a break of that bo Derek bar <laughs> it pops off like a baked good just like like, there's no resistance to it whatsoever. And then he's swimming away. I'm like, it looks like a fucking fruit candy. Like, oh, well, because it's it's in a cast. There there had been enough time between the super violent uh, abortion murder scene that I forgot how violent this movie was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This this scene is played uh, word for word, ha, pun, <laughs> uh, by the book. <laughs> Oh, that was another pun there, played by the book. Boom, ba-doom, You fired. You fucking nerd. Twofer. The only difference is that uh, the leg does not come off. Uh, the whale kind of chews it, but it gets amputated at the hospital a scene later. Ugh. Oh. That's literally the only difference. Wait, so there's a scene at a hospital? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they ask, like, where's Paul? Turned out Paul left in the middle of the night. <laughs> he was... <laughs> what? He got his gas. Hey. 
Gotta save his own ass, right? He's a, you, you take your sister with you, you fuck. I do like how this ends where he's, it's, no one is like sitting at the bottom of debris and he's like, you win! Fine! Oh, he's like, Harry Potter, why'd you throw your name in the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> yeah, he wasn't the screamy Dumbledore. He was the very kind, yeah, gentle Dumbledore. And then Michael Gambang came on. He's like, who wants to be yelled at? No, I know, but he, he, he was the good Dumbledore. Yeah, he was the, the sleepy, drunk Dumbledore. I will fight that. I always liked the look of Richard Harry. Harris's Dumbledore and his cadence, but those later films, there's no fucking way that guy would have been able to pull any of that off. Well, because he died. <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> I'm just saying Richard Harris at that point in his life was not necessarily the most agile person. Dude, he was, he, 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 it looked like he broke his legs every time he walked. <laughs> All right, Rich, just stand still. You know, that. You know that's the thing, though. Like, when he does eventually ascend to <laughs> Dumbledore. You know, he just has that, that levitation spell going at all times. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Just two feet above the covers. <laughs> he ascends twice. We'll get to it, but we were not there yet. We're almost there. We're teasing it out like a motherfucker for some reason. <laughs> I can't wait to break it down. Okay, here we go. But this is also another Jaws reference, I feel like, because he's like, ah, you son of a bitch. He's like, ah, you, you, you want the vengeance, you son of a bitch, you vengeful son of a bitch. Yeah, he shakes his fist at the air and shit like that. Yeah. Winks at the camera. So they end up getting everybody together. So it's Jacob, Rachel, uh, Nolan, and Paul. And they get on the boat, and they're like, okay. And Ken. Don't forget Ken. Richard Carradine. Gotta get him in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about Ken. Who can forget Ken? In the book, there's this new character named Pierre Robichaud. Why? <laughs> Just cause. Does he meet a similar fate? Yeah. He's he's the new Paul. He is the new Paul. Oh, he's... Okay. Uh, because okay. I totally forgot about Ken, and then I remembered Ken in one scene, because I only he's in one other scene besides this one. I, I don't think he has any dialogue past that first scene in the beginning. He's just kind of there. He says something on the boat to the effect of, like, what do you mean? Or, like, some kind of yeah, okay, right. snooty bullshit. So they they gather everybody up, their crew, and they just set fucking sail for the location where he killed the female. Sure. And they they get there, and uh, the whale is, like, fucking with them, kind of? Yes, I love this, because it, it kind of uh, starts, like, flipping its tail in the air from the water and kind of doing, like, a... This is some Shamu shit, so I'm sure, again, it was at SeaWorld, but it's like swimming in a circle with the with the fin kind of saying, hey, follow me. Yeah, it's kind of like beckoning him with the tail and like with the fin like waving on the side. It bumps the boat and does a bunch of shit, and then Nolan's like, I'll, I'll fix this fucking fish, and he goes to light a stick of dynamite. <laughs> he goes, ah, it's just a death charge. <laughs> Yeah. What's the big deal? It's like a fucking, it's like something you, like a, it's something like Gramps would use to fucking blow a wall out to find some gold. <laughs> Miss my prospect is helper. Here we go. Oh yeah, use this to find something in the bottom of a fucking mud shed. <laughs> That's how I go fishing in my pond. I throw a firecracker in it. It's so weird because Rachel, like, goes to stop and she's like, no, don't do that. And he's like, get off me. They end up dropping the dynamite on the deck and he goes and grabs it and throws it overboard and it explodes. But then she, like, throws up. Yeah, her character at this point's confusing because she's like, yeah, go on this expedition. I'll go with you. And then he goes to, like, drop dynamite in the water and she's like, how could you be so barbaric? And then fucking has a meltdown. It's like, you gotta fight the whale in the water with your fists. You can't <laughs> blow it up with, with dynamite. <laughs> how dare you bring weapons to 
this fight between an animal and you where you are significantly physically disadvantaged. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was going to say, in the book, there was like a back and forth between the two of them where like it was only using self-defense with the dynamite and everything. And this battle where uh, this is where the mate died, the, the female died. There was a whole big thing between grenades, rifle shooting. And Rachel only mentions it maybe 14 pages later. After that, being like, I thought you were here to defend yourself, but now I know that you're here to kill it. It's like, woman, that was like that was like a whole chapter before that. But th- why are we out here then, if not to kill the whale? I don't know. You know what I mean? He's definitely not still trying to catch this thing. No. In fact, he never was, as we talked about earlier. No, not at all. So the whale's like gesturing them and he finally he finally clicks in his head. He's like, oh, it wants us to follow him to Shang Tsung's island and prepare for the final combat. <laughs> I fucking wish. Among all of these shenanigans, <laughs> the Revenge of the Nerds guy gets like eaten off the side of the ship. Yeah. Yeah, real quick. Like super quick. He's like, hey, what's up? I made sandwiches and then just like gets fucking eaten. Like- <laughs> I was in that movie. Also, like, this is, in my opinion, like, Rachel's, like, buddy or, like, co-worker or what have you. Like, someone she's been doing this research with. Sure. And she doesn't even shed a tear. She's just like, Ken. Yeah. As the whale jumps out of the water and grabs him as he's just, like, moving along the side of the boat for, like, a second. It's like, Rah! and then just rips him off the boat. She expressed more emotion towards him throwing, uh, Nolan throwing dynamite in the water. Yeah. That could have possibly maimed this animal than she does for Ken. The secret. Secret is she brought Ken along because she had every inkling that he would be eaten. Now she can be rid of him. <laughs> she was trying to. He was her understudy, and he was surpassing her. Yeah. <laughs> in the field, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, we're gonna go on an orca expedition. Come on over. Yeah, just stand right there in the side of the boat. It's fine. Everything's gonna be good." <laughs> Teach you to fucking write a thesis. The whale. The whale doesn't want you. It wants him. Okay, you'll be fine. Teach you to try to steal my fucking grant money. Apparently, I messed up. Pierre is um, Ken. Uh, they do die very similarly, though, again, oh. the whale does this cool thing where it lures the boat near an iceberg in the fog. Nolan doesn't recognize that, and he tries to do a sharp turn before he crashes into the iceberg. It's luring Nolan into an iceberg the way I would think an orca would fight mm-hmm. in that scenario. And then Pierre topples to the side, and the whale eats him. Okay. And we all shed tears for poor Pierre, who was in here for, like, 20 pages. That we meant for, like, a second? Yeah. Pierre! <laughs> we eventually do get a scene, like you're explaining, where, like, it's foggy, and then it's not foggy, and they almost hit an iceberg. But not not in that context of someone also getting eaten. No. Yeah, the iceberg scene in the movie is one of those. It's it's an it's another ship uh, building blowing up type scene where it's like, no, that that can't. No, that's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the MDU, you guys at home, you must know where we're gonna go with this because if you don't, you haven't been fucking listening to the show. <laughs> Because as they're heading north into these icebergs, I shit you not, Bruce Davidson... <laughs> oh, you beat me to it. ...fucking goes by in another boat. He just looks off into the distance. They they think that he's, like, nodding at them, but really he's just... That's what he does. He just stares off blankly, unthinking. He just kind of shuts down. Yeah. No, yeah. I just had him on a rappel line just hanging off the side of a glacier just looking at them <laughs> as they drive by. And in fact, when they do start to notice these icebergs... uh. Didn't have uh, ice detectors. They just used their eyes. Yeah, go figure, huh? Go fuck yourself, Shane Van Dyke. (laughs) (laughs) Ice detectors is my favorite bit of poppycock from that movie. Yeah. So then we have, like, a a bunch of bits with Nolan, like, 
will he, won't he, is he going to accept his fate, is he, you know, what's he going to do about this, and he's sacrificing all these fucking people that are on his boat for this thing, to do this thing that he should have just did by himself, because, like, there was any other end game than fucking going and meeting your fucking doom, uh, he's like, he's like, he's like, he's looking at the whale, he's like, oh, you're my drunk driver, he's saying, it's too late for me, he's saying, oh, <laughs> the whale just guided us like he had a radar. Well, and then, like, Rachel goes to Paul, and he's like, oh, so uh, we're going to have to go back, right, because Ken died, and she just kind of stares at him blankly. He's like, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> they just say, fuck you, we're still going. She's like, who? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, maybe. Oh, well, he's he's gone. There's nothing we can do, so we're going We're going to keep going, okay? Yeah, what are you going to do, tell his dad or something? Stupid. Pierre? Ken? Does it really matter? Hey, you know the thing about Ken? He couldn't swim, so... <laughs> that's, that's that's it. And and then Paul goes, he he goes to Rachel. Yeah, you're going, to, you're getting to be as crazy as Nolan. And she's like, "Good night, Paul." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> George Kennedy wakes up, comes out of the cabin. He's like, "What the fuck's going on here? Where's the cat?" Yeah, surprisingly, a cat just fucking out of nowhere. John Hurt's portal opens. <laughs> it jumps out. It, it laughs. <laughs> And uh, bites the shit out of his leg, and he's poisoned again, all over again. And well, he no, the cat drags him into the portal, and then he's finally taken off the ship, like some kind of sick claw game with the cat. <laughs> yeah, okay, I could. I'm picturing it. Grabs George Kennedy and pulls him through the hole. Yeah, so so Paul's getting all fucking bent out of shape. He's like, he's like, what? He's like, he's fucking with us, man. He's like, he's like, he's just drawing us out here. We're fucking wasting gas, and we're not going to be able to get back, man. And um. Nolan's like, oh yeah, I read in the book that he uh, he follows his victims for two weeks before he hits him. I, I read the book. Daniel Baldwin gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> he hands Paul the book, and Paul is just like doesn't even want to hear it. He throws it like on the ground immediately. Paul should have just stayed at port. Like, what are you doing? Everybody knows what they're going for, and Paul's like, why are we doing this? Why this is stupid? Let's go back. Sure. And everybody else is just like, well, this is the hand we've been dealt, so here we go. And, and Jacob even says straight up, he's like, yeah, we don't have enough gas to get back. And Nolan's just like, ah, no biggie, just set up the SOS, whatever, the helicopter will come. Yeah, they hit point of no return, and he's like, yeah, we'll just switch on the radio, and they'll send a beacon out. And I'm like, what? He's like, oh, to get you, to get you, and then uh, Umalik's like, us, what about you? And he just doesn't answer, he's like... Huh. That isn't ominous or anything. This is where we get Umalek's backstory and also the backstory of Nick. Uh, apparently Umalek wanted to go hunt for Nick despite, according to the book, Indians believe that orcas are gods, which I read that sentence and I was like, oh, all of the Indians? Like fit, like people living in India? <laughs> the Dakotas? The, the Cherokees, the Mohawks, like all of them. All of them, sure. apparently, according to the book. The Sioux Nation. Yeah, all of them. All of them. Uh, there are uh, some indigenous tribes in uh, near Newfoundland who did, like, have mythology about orcas. But not nothing about god worshipping. But uh, Umalek wanted to kill it. He failed, and he was banished from his tribe as he should have been oh because he didn't kill it and that's all we get out of umalek that's that's his whole backstory and in the movie he's just kind of he's our queequeg <laughs> <laughs> why don't we get some of this i mean i get that the movie's it, it's pretty tight hour and a half so maybe they just didn't have the budget or the time but like add like five minutes broken up <laughs> between a few of these scenes i don't know i uh I think maybe, like you said, uh, budget, time constraints. Um, 
I I, I was kind of hit or miss about that whole scene. It, it because like it, it didn't have to be like that tight knit thing where like no sure he's there because he's also part of the story because we're about. 10, 15 pages left of the book and I was so tired of everything that was here <laughs> and it's like oh this is another thing that doesn't go anywhere just like mentioning he wants to fuck his sister and yeah, uh, a whole bunch of other stuff I specifically say that I would I mean I agree I, I don't think that tying it so perfectly like fucking the prequels to Star Wars is necessary Sure, but it would uh the fate this poor bastard meets would be a little bit more justified with that information. <laughs> because the way the movie does this just paints it as like, eh, we have this indigenous guy in here, and uh, eh, we already killed a bunch of people with a whale, so how about an ice cube? How about he gets crushed by styrofoam? How about a bunch of ice cubes? Yeah, but no, you're right. Like, he's just kind of there. I mean, I wish he had more to do than just like help this guy, like blindly help this guy, or at least, or at least divulged his his intent. You know what I mean? Or his motivation, other than just like he he just wants to help this guy because it's like a blight on the town. No, right. Well, I, I guess right, and it could be like the superstition of it being cursed because of the whale, and like he's gonna go after him with him to kind of. Uh, clear it up by means by way of his people. You know what I mean? Exactly. I tell you what, we did need though. We needed more Pierre. Yeah, Pierre. Pierre. Who the fuck could care about who is Pierre in the book? Like, is he... I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Instead, we get Paul, who has, like we talked about, continued to uh, lose it uh, in in this night scene as he's kind of doing his anaconda impression with the fucking spotlight on the water, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he has this brilliant idea to like get the lifeboat ready just in case yeah because they're like they're like going head on for the iceberg for this iceberg and they like turn and they miss it and then for whatever reason he's in he's like standing in the lifeboat ready to lower it yeah i mean i guess i don't know enough about boats to really understand what his plan was Uh, well you sure as shit don't stand in the lifeboat while you lower it like to get it off the thing also he seems to forget that the threat they're facing is in the water and he has no qualms about just like (laughs) getting in the water on this little fucking dinghy he doesn't even fucking make it to the water because (laughs) this orca well yes and no he it flies out of the water and like breaks this fucking thing in half and the whole thing just collapses into the ocean and then he falls like hendrix down the fucking mine shaft <laughs> or down the uh, air duct no 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 never to be seen again we don't even we don't yeah. even see blood or anything he's just gone yeah he gets dragged down to the bottom of the ocean and fucked and yeah yeah in a cave or something in an ice cave yeah could you imagine that the orca like <laughs> grabbing one of these dudes and fucking them to death in a cave. Just fucks him to death with uh, Bo Derek's leg. <laughs> Still has it in its mouth. Just shoves it up his ass. <laughs> the idea. The- <laughs> Payback's a bitch. <laughs> How's this for your lady friend? Good lord, imagine. Holy shit! Fucking shoves the cast up his ass until he dies. It just like goes through him out of his mouth. Wow, he gets the worst from everybody. Yeah, <laughs> off screen. And then I think we get my uh, second least favorite scene of the film. First being the uh, the murder of the female. Nolan just is like moping around because he's gotten all his friends killed, and he just like walks into Rachel's room and she's laying in bed. And she's like, 
lay down with me. Let me warm you. And I'm like, you, what? Yeah, it's weird. And like, again, like, what? what is the affection for this guy? Like, what? why all of a sudden do you like really actually give a shit about this dude? And why is she even there in the first place? I think Smith said it earlier. It's, it's like a lo- once in a lifetime opportunity to study this whale up close, but also like, it's not like this is like a, exo- a scientific exhibition. He's going there with the express purpose of murdering it. Yeah, you're an ex- you're an accessory to re- revenge at this point. Yeah, now you're gonna get killed in inadvertently from this fucking thing. So he's like, uh, he starts confiding in there, and he's like, "Oh, all I wanted was enough money to pay off the boat and go back to Ireland." And he's like, "Oh, I fucked everything up." Uh, that that whale loved his family more than I loved mine. And I'm like, "Whoa, that's some heavy shit," because like. Because, like, what? He didn't go after the drunk driver? I mean, that could be. Or he wasn't there for his wife? Yeah. He didn't get into a boat and then challenge that drunk driver on even terms, okay? That's what happened. <laughs> he didn't blow a whole community up? And Yeah, and there wasn't somebody going, like, you should better give that drunk driver what he wants. <laughs> no, actually, you shouldn't, but maybe you should. Maybe you should. I, get to, I like, picture him, like, in the guy's swimming pool in his backyard. <laughs> like, come on. Who are you and what are you doing here? <laughs> you killed my wife in a car. It's also one of those things too. Like maybe he wasn't there for his wife because he because he was fishing like out to sea. Because she he says that she was driving herself to the hospital because she was like in labor. Yeah, now that you mention it, yeah. But uh, yeah, he's like I fucked everything up. Blah blah blah. And uh, so it's mo- so we cut to Morton. Like they have I, they presumably fuck, which I don't need. But apparently in the book, it's it, explicitly they do. Yeah. But they get together because it's cold. It's explicit and super awkward. <laughs> as it should be, because as proper, because like it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't jive at all. Agreed. It doesn't. So then in the morning, he's like getting all his fucking weapons ready. He he eyeballs this like massive harpoon. I guess he was just keeping as a backup weapon. He throws the gun down and he's like, I don't need this. It's a fair fight. Because the orca's like now pushing a fucking glacier towards the boat. I fucking died when i saw that because at this point th- this whale is like yeah i could fucking show you here's a here's a, a battering ram made out of an iceberg yeah that i'm pushing with my nose i'm not even gonna fucking fuck with your boat i'm gonna push this giant ice block into your boat and crush it and then he goes to like the captain's cabin i i don't remember why but umalik is just like done with this shit at this point and is like has the rifle and just points it right at Nolan is like yeah uh, I'm taking over we're going home I'm calling the SOS in I'm the captain now <laughs> yep <laughs> and he's like we're going home and he's like he's like yeah whatever you say Umalik, uh, did you see the giant iceberg coming for us he's like that stupid icebergs don't swim <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Davison's like I beg to differ son and then uh Nolan and Rachel are outside basically like looking at the orca push the iceberg and he's just like kind of waiting for it to smile you son of a bitch and then he throws the harpoon at the orca and he makes contact in a pretty fucking dude devastating way this fucking harpoon goes into the orca's head like yeah direct hit and it like screams and it like breaks it off on the iceberg and he's like oh well it's not dead shit and then <laughs> they basically are like oh you know he they call for the sos to like bring the um they gotta call michael kane with the helicopter yeah i'm, I'm coming in with the uh, with the aquatic uh helicopter wow that that in, that impression was something else yeah it was shit <laughs> I had it good before. I'm I'm wavering. But as as they're like recovering from that, the the orca kind of circles back around and continues to push this iceberg into the boat and wedges it into this massive ice wall. <laughs> and then just for some reason, 
I mean, we already kind of talked about it, but Umalik comes outside. If he waited like 20 more seconds, he probably would have survived. But nope, he, he comes into the cabin and he's like, oh no! <laughs> he pops out of this fucking door like a Metal Gear Solid thug. He's like, what was that noise? And then just immediately meets his demise. If he just went out the other side, he wouldn't be dead. Right. And he looks up and this fucking sheet of ice just fucking crumbles on top of him and he dies horribly with his bloody hand sticking out of the fucking pile of shit. So this scene is like a whole other big battle sequence where uh, Nolan's throwing harpoons, throwing grenades. <laughs> Multiple, huh? Multiple. Uh, the whale jumps onto the boat like a certain other movie we've been talking about. What? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, uh, then jumps off of it, and then the iceberg starts coming, and someone has the bright idea. I think it was Umalek who lobs a grenade at the iceberg to try and stop it, which works about as well as trying to blow up a whale from a beach. <laughs> so what do you, you tell me he gets a bunch of shrapnel in the face? He gets a bunch of ice um, crumbled on top of him. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I I, I kind of prefer a grenade mishap than just happenstance taking him out of the equation. I mean, again, like if he just went out the left instead of the right, he'd be alive. Well, you know, he had that uh phobia. He can't go out the left side of a a room if there's two doors. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't go out that door. I can't go out left doors. <laughs> I don't get up on the left side of the bed. I had I had a psychic reading last night that said if I go out of any left doors, I might die. So let's go out the right. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. They end up, like, abandoning ship, and the fucking ship goes down, and they're, like, on this, like, ice sheet, like, fucking Yukon Cornelius with all their stuff. <laughs> yeah, quite literally. I got, uh, I got Frankenstein vibes from this whole climax. Uh, oh, yeah. It kinda. Yeah, classic Frankenstein, sure. Yeah, because I think the end of that story ends on the ice, doesn't it? Because he tracks him down the, yeah. Yep, right in the book. He, like, comes in the porthole, and he's like, I'm, I'm here, Frank, I'm here, Victor. Damn you. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then he blows his brains out. No, I don't know. I forget how that ends exactly. Yeah, I think it is very similar to the end of Frankenstein Unbound. Just, uh... You know, without lasers and shit. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> without without laser tag, yeah. Or or a uh, time-hopping car. Mm, that too. So they're they're running across this sheet of ice, and occasionally the orc is, like, popping out to try to, like, A, scare them, I think, and B, just hopefully take them out. And uh, eventually they make it to this little bit larger ice... Uh, Berg, I guess I'll call it. This shit looks like a fortress. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the Agro Crag, really. Yes, it does. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And we're here on the Agro Crag. They're going to jump over the iceberg and go up the side of it. Thanks, Mo. Michael Malley here for guts. <laughs> do, 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 do you have it? Watch as the orca follows them under the ice and. They run for their lives trying to get the trophy at the top of this aggro crag. Let's see if they can do it. <laughs> orca. Surprise, they don't because the orca rams the bottom of the iceberg and Richard Harris, uh, again, much like the scene with his house, just tumbles forward into the into the back onto the ice sheet. Okay, this is cool because this orca has poked holes all around this ice sheet so that it breaks off. <laughs> so it's just Richard Harris on this thing by himself. He can't jump to the big glacier anymore. He's just on this uh, ice sheet. Yeah, it goes full Yukon Cornelius. Oh yeah, dude, he's fighting that bumble. So um he like puts there's a scene where like it like rears its head out of the water and just screams at him. 
And he's like, he's like, what the hell are you? What the hell? <laughs> so, of course, I mean, the only way to do this is either, what are we going to do? We're going to go through the bottom? No, we're going to fucking, we're going to literally jaws it and, like, come up on the ice sheet and, like, tilt the ice sheet up and have Richard Harris slide down the motherfucker. But I took a great picture of this scene with my phone because I was floored. <laughs> this was the climax of the movie. And I was like, and it's, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. And it doesn't eat him. No. It just gets him off the ice. And this whole ice sheet just collapses. And he's just treading water while this fucking thing, like, swims around him. Just, like, sizing him up. In probably negative 30 degree water, mind you. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, real quick. I was at a Titanic exhibit um, in Tennessee. And... They have they had this tank to show you how cold the water was. I've heard about this. And you can put your hand in it and you see how long you can last. I put my hand in for, I don't know, 10 seconds, and it was like, it hurt when I took it out. It was so cold. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So just put that in perspective for you. People were in that shit for hours, and yeah. most of them didn't survive. No. So, yeah, instead of eating him, it just lets him get into the you know fall into the water and it's like it's swimming around him and like sizing him up and you're like what's gonna happen like is he gonna eat him is he gonna like rip him apart like limb from limb or what (laughs) neither neither the fuck this fucking thing swims and he like i think at one point he like tries to grab onto the tail and this fucking thing whips him out of the water (laughs) on its fucking strong ass tail and he goes flying through the air and smacks the fucking glacier and dies well i here's the thing he does not grab that tail at all oh really this fucking orca takes its tail and smacks the ever-living shit out of richard harris like three times (laughs) before it wings him into this iceberg you got to think, how many pounds of pressure uh, that must have been? This is a fucking orca. Yeah, man. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He was dead before he hit the air. Yeah, but, like, if he hit that fucking glacier, he should have smushed all over it, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. He got the worst death. Fun fact, uh, orcas actually do use their tails to, uh, I think they use it for sea turtles, where they whack it to stun it and break the shell to break the shell and to stun it and then they just kind of munch on it there that's it that's crazy that's why they're apex predators man they have different hunting tactics for all these different animals it's insane they just fuck everything up in the ocean this is a parallel that i drew to jaws that i kind of liked actually because it's almost like the whale is brody and richard harris is the shark because like Richard Harris is now just floating in the ocean and he sinks just like when the shark's head explodes and sinks. I was just thinking about that and it's just kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. It's probably not the same thing, but I, I, I enjoyed it. I get that. But not only is he dead, he's ascended, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what's been coming. <laughs> all right, break this down. Okay, so Richard Harris, this is how it all starts, right? He's just an ornery Irishman or Irish drunk that's killed by this fucking in a, in a blood feud between a, uh, a killer whale. Then he ascends and he becomes a wizard. The aptly named Dumbledore. Albus, if you will. Albus Dumbledore. He's reincarnated. He does not remember his past self. Then, of course, the events of Harry Potter happened. And, you know, he... he he helps the boy who lived and all of that kind of stuff. Sacrifices himself because he's the prophesized one to defeat... Uh, he who will not be ma- named. He, yes. And then we're not talking about John Hurt. Right. Yet. And, and then he visits Harry Potter in a dream. Yeah. Uh, limbo or something. We're not really clear on that. Yeah. Well, he's destroyed. <laughs> but he's Avada Kedavra by Severus Snape. And he ascends once again. 
and he becomes the second blue wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Haggerty has a has a fucking peer now in the blue tier of, of wizardry. Ah, uh, Connor, are you not an expert on Lord of the Rings mythology? There are two blue wizards. I. I don't know the expanded Lord of the Rings mythology that well. Neither do I, but I'm still going to make you feel bad about it. (laughs) (laughs) God. So Richard, so Richard Harris is now ascended and he gets his blue robe and um, he's joining the party, guys, I think. I got to be honest. I think his blue robe is just, whatever Richard Harris wasn't wearing, but Michael Gammon was wearing is what he is wearing. (laughs) It's like that dirty grandma sweater he's got on in this. Yeah. With it's like full of holes and shit, but it's blue. Smells like fish. He doesn't live at the mansion, but he's around. Like when 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 they gotta uh, assemble to fight John Hurt, he is definitely called upon for sure. Uh, I like that idea. He you know he comes for the barbecues, but he always gets a little too drunk, and then he starts firing off of cadavers left and right. And uh, you know we he never really did that in his former life, so it's kind of shocking to everyone at the party, uh, besides Dobby, who was uh, unfortunately the recipient of most of these spell incantations. This is all too familiar to him. Yeah, and then you know uh, Harry Potter, he has to ascend, uh, <laughs> leave his job as an Auror, you know, a, a, a fucking wizard cop, that son of a bitch. <laughs> And uh, he's got to bury Dobby. He's got to take off his fucking badge uh, right in the wizard's backyard and just start burying the poor house elf. And uh, as he starts burying him, Charnetsky walks over and says, yeah, uh, you know, he's back on the mortal plane now. Like, you don't need to do that. (laughs) Yeah, it, it won't be the last time he does that either, you know? No, or the last time, or the last time. Or the last time. The never-ending cycle. Or the last time. Dobby's existence is pain. Or the last time. Dobby's existence is pain and suffering, Mr. Potter. Or the last time. <laughs> and that's so, Orca. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, fucking, he falls He falls into the water and die, and he's dead, and the, the whale swims off, and the helicopter comes in to, to, to save Rachel, question mark, the end. Do you think, and then I want to hear the differences to this film from Smith, but uh, mm-hmm. do you think it was imprinting Rachel when it stared at her before it fl- it swam off? Maybe. I'll, I'll be seeing you, bitch. I'll, I'll be seeing you in Orca 2 that never was made but could have maybe happened. You want to, like, fill in for my wife or what? <laughs> she got killed by Jigsaw. You ever, you ever fucking Orca? You're, you're single. I'm single. <laughs> it You know, it, it's cold. We need to keep each other warm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he is a devoted husband. <laughs> It's true. You know he can be he can provide, right? So that's good. So Smith, what is the <laughs> please, I've been aching and aching to find out what the end of the book is compared to the movie. Are you guys ready for some bullshit? Absolutely. I'm so ready. Been ready. Lay it on us. I'm going to say a lot of things. Bear in mind this is the last page. It is the last page of the story. Nolan or Jack Campbell is sliding down the iceberg like in the movie, right? Yeah. And he hears a voice. He's he hears come near. Lose yourself, return. What the fuck? Merge with me, come nearer and nearer as he's sliding down towards the whale. And he hears this in his head. Boys, the whale is fucking psychic. <laughs> I knew it. Is that how Umalik knew it was the same one? Like he, you know, of course there was the, you know, the scar on the fin, but that was how he really actually knew. I was playing with that before. If this was left in the movie, I'm not done. Oh my god. Oh boy. He hears this and he continues to slide. 
and then the whale, Nick, he just leaves. He just swims away. Wait. Nolan and Rachel are fine. Helicopter is coming. It just swims away. Uh, okay, okay, hold on. You're saying that the, the whale reveals itself to be a psychic, has some kind of, like, psychic link with him, and then is like, you know what? Eh, nah, just fucking leaves? <laughs> it, yo, it doesn't even explain that. He hears the voice. He's still sliding down. And then he just swims away. Uh... I wrote this whole note down, and it's just rambling. It's... The whale is fucking psychic. The whale is psychic. I can't. I just can't. The whale, it just leaves. It just leaves. Campbell, when it was falling, that just went away. Ah. Is this like one of those things where the whale didn't actually exist and Campbell is just killing all these people? Mm, it could be. Probably not. And Rachel just went along with it? <laughs> yeah, she she was his accomplice. Uh, okay. How How the fuck... <laughs> Are you just going to throw that shit on at the end? And then just be like, well, fuck you. No wonder this guy did not get a writing credit. How did this? He shouldn't even published it. Now you know what it's like to live in my brain. <laughs> hey, uh, Arthur, what the fuck with this ending? Listen, you wanted. Uh, well, you know, that's, you know what? I thought it sounded pretty good. Why? What's wrong with it? I was drunk. It makes no fucking sense. Listen, I'm on a time crunch, okay? <laughs> it's also one of those things where it's like, you didn't even have him say anything meaningful. You're just like, yeah, come down, merge with me. You know, let's dream fast together or whatever. <laughs> like, it's just like, uh, I don't know. It it hurts. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I'm at a loss for words. My silence speaks volumes. It's a neat concept. I just Nick the psychic time traveling whale. Yeah. Whatever. You know, working for the MDU wizards. No, see, yeah, see, that that just affirms it. What was your immediate reaction after that? Like, what did you do after reading that? I called my girlfriend. I was like, baby, I, I, I can't with this book. I, I just can't. I, I just rambled on. I couldn't articulate what it was. And she was so, uh, she was very supportive in my time of need. <laughs> Being like, I understand. I understand. It was a bad book. It's over now. Shh. Merge with me. <laughs> She's, she on the phone, she's like, merge with me, CV. <laughs> Whatever that's supposed to mean. Smith just puts the phone down and just like stares off blankly like Bruce Davidson and then just uh, fade to black and then you just hear CB like, wait a second, the fuck? Am I in a, do I live in a movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's just um, my, my actual just complete, like after I calmed down, you know, it took some, a lot of coffee afterwards and I was just like, okay. I, I love the concept of revenge that was constantly played up for both the movie and the book. The whale wants revenge. I like the the drunk driving aspect of the story because it actually gives Campbell something, anything for me to grasp in terms of sympathy because there is none in the book. I love the wackadoo 1970s makes no sense anything like Rachel's magical dolphin wombs. <laughs> I, I, I dig all of that. But... You have an ending, like, there are ways you could do this whole revenge thing without having one kill the other. Sure. I don't know how. I don't know how you could do it well, but you could do it. But this one was literally just, he swam away. It's, you know what? And then, like, John Hurt slams the book shut and he's like, Ah, well, that's the last episode of the (laughs) Storyteller. I hope you enjoyed that wonderful story about an orca and a man. (laughs) 
<laughs> Did you enjoy your anticlimax? <laughs> Brian Henson's the fucking dog. He's like, oh, I guess, yeah, I guess that was a great story, John. Well, see you on the next episode. I do want to read more of Arthur Herzog now. Um, I do want to check out The Swarm. I'd like to think he put more thought into that. This feels like a first draft with everything. Like, you add all these elements, like the dad mysteriously dying. You think it might be murder, but it's never brought up. Uh, maybe cut out the incest part. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need the. I like the. There's a lot of environmentalist based messages in there. Um, Arthur Herzog, he wrote one of the first uh, novels talking about global warming in the 70s. I'm interested in that too now. It's called The Heat. Never read it, but now I'm interested. I like to think he put more thought into it. Um, but this was just. Ow. Oof. That ending hurt me. Yeah, that's that that is the kind of ending that is just like, you know what? That you wing the fucking book across this room. It's not even an ending. No. It sounds worse than the end of the fifth hitchhiker's book. <laughs> it just stops. <laughs> Basically. That's <laughs> from what I recall, that's how that book ended too. So so where are we putting this, fellas? Um, I'll go, because I actually thought about this a bit as far as especially as far as movies I would No. Uh, no, you're not allowed to go. You only okay. go first every time. <laughs> think that connor's always like eh, i'll go first i thought about this when he's gone first for like the last 50 episodes it's kind of built into the ep to it now <laughs> i shouldn't have to announce it <laughs> yeah shelf uh, this movie's fucking weird and wacky and horrifying and but very 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 entertaining and as far as the jaws comparisons go like i don't see this really as a jaws knockoff with the exception of it's an angry aquatic animal causing mayhem but like it couldn't be more tonally different than Jaws. It's really bleak. It feels kind of personal. And it's got this, like, if there were more supernatural elements in it, it could be really interesting, but there's not. Please don't. No more. No more. No no supernatural elements. Well, especially ones that aren't followed up on. <laughs> <laughs> Cliffhangers. Yeah, I think if I had to put it between two movies, it's neither movie we reviewed, but it's um The Grey with Liam Neeson and uh, The Ghost in the Darkness. Ooh, yeah. Because those are two movies where, uh, one, The Ghost in the Darkness kind of introduces this, like, idea of, like, man versus animals, where there's, like, hostility and, like, a grudge. And The Grey is a very, very brutal story about man versus nature and, like, the indifference of it when you're out there on your own. And uh, no one in this whole movie is, like, doomed. And I don't know, it kind of feels thematically similar to what's going on in those movies, especially when he gets out in the ice later on and just, like, just is there to die. Um, so, yeah, Shelf. It's awesome. Um, Shelf. And as I've said many times before, this is one that's been on the shelf. Um, I think I've actually seen this more than I've seen Jaws, not because I don't like it better. Or I, I, I said that in the beginning, but that was a little misleading, right? Because I've just I've seen it more times. I enjoy this film more. Uh, yeah, I do. I like it better than Jaws. I love Jaws. Don't get me wrong. But again, like Connor said, this isn't fucking Jaws, so I feel like now that we've talked through it, it feels kind of unjust to kind of compare the two, you know? Um, I will say one thing, though, whereas I like how it's kind of nature versus man rather than man versus nature. Um, you know, in Jaws, you just have this, like, you know, emotionless eating machine that's literally just there, does has no idea what it's doing, except it, Richard Dreyfus even says, you know, you know, it, it swims around, it eats things, and makes little sharks. That's, like, all it does. But now you have man going out of his way to harm an, uh, an intelligent mammal 
that lives in the ocean, seemingly for no reason, and then having this kind of, you know, this kind of like heartless butchering of of, of this of this uh, you know of this uh, this animal's uh, mate, and then killing of its offspring, and then that the dynamic is great because like I love the fact that like the whale is the one getting revenge on the human for killing them nonsensically, right? Even though the human is an intelligent creature too, but it knew exactly what it's doing, rather than a human being being eaten by a shark and then, like, that person having a vendetta against this shark and, like, going after the shark. Because, again, the shark's kind of just, like, this stupid kind of emotionless kind of animal, right? It doesn't make noises, <laughs> you know. It doesn't. It doesn't scream. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't communicate uh, with other sharks. You know what I mean? So I kind of. I really love that dynamic of this film, and it kind of puts it a little bit higher for me than Jaws because of that. Because of the story that's being told, and again, that comparison of the fact that like it's a giant aquatic uh, animal that's wreaking havoc, like Connor said, like that's a good way to put it and that's probably the only two things are you know the only things that these films have in common even though dino meant to as as to cash in on jaws rather than rip it off i can't believe you know talking to smith like i can't believe how much the book sucks ass like it's shit it's garbage yeah it it doesn't sound interesting at all no and it's it's really fascinating to me because they really pulled together an excellent film an excellent emotionally impactful really well told film uh with great special effects great acting great atmosphere great score everything just feels really good and i and i and i said this earlier about it feeling very italian and i think that's another reason why i kind of really have a soft spot for this because it feels like an italian like exploitation film like 70s italian film because of the score, because of the producing, because of the way it was shot, all that kind of stuff. It's a it's a great flick. Straight up. Um shelf, definitely. Yeah, this is definitely a shelf movie. Now I will say this. I don't know that I enjoyed this film maybe as much as Joe and maybe even as Connor and uh, I'm waiting to hear what Smith has to say after me. But it's still a really good fucking movie. And I agree. I think the Jaws comparisons are totally unfair. And, I mean, I'll say it even though it doesn't really matter in my opinion, but I think I like Jaws a hell of a lot more than this movie. But, again, like I literally just said, it's really not even comparable. They're so different other than, you know, there's some themes here and there, and there's a couple of lines of dialogue, I think, that are directly riffing off of Jaws and, you know, the whole part where the orcas literally kill a great white shark. But beyond that, I mean... It's just a good fucking revenge film from the POV of a of a killer whale. And, uh, you know, Richard Harris is pretty much irredeemable to me in this film. And uh, I think <laughs> my favorite character is the orca, followed by uh, Umalik. Uh, I liked him quite a bit, which is why I hated his, his demise so much. And, you know, the character of Rachel... Uh, actually pushes this film down a little bit for me because I liked what she was doing in the beginning of the film and then by the end where she basically did an entire 180 it just kind of like killed the movie for me a little bit but beyond that I would highly recommend this film to anyone that likes a good revenge story with the caveat that uh there's a whole lot of disturbing shit in about the 20 minute mark but uh hey we did the suckling on this film so 
it's definitely not as bad as that. And uh, at least in that department. And the Suckling's good. Yeah, no, both good. I, I, they were both on the shelf for me. And yeah, uh, you know where that brings me <laughs> to our good friend, question fucking Mark, uh, Daniel Ball, when the uh, statue in my closet, uh, I, you know, I know exactly what's going to happen this time. I, I don't really have to try to think of it on the spot like I do sometimes, but uh, you know, that leg, Bo Derek's leg, the, the orca <laughs> ripped it off and uh, presumably just left it in the bottom of the ocean. Stuffed it up that guy's ass. But I've got the leg here. Believe it or not, you know, I know it's an audio podcast. You can't actually see me holding it, but uh, yeah, I've got it in both my hands right this moment. And I'm, I'm as I speak, inserting it into Daniel Baldwin's kneecap. And uh, <laughs> that is where it lives on the statue. This big ass, bloody, disgusting smelling, and quite frankly, rotting leg, uh, which, you know, kind of makes sense for this Baldwin statue made out of gin bottles and garbage bags and uh, other assorted items. And, uh, yeah, I like this movie, but, uh, I did not love it, and, uh, I would absolutely watch it again. Yeah, so, Shelf. It's on my, it's on my shelf right now, actually. Um, as for the book, uh, it is going to be sold at a used bookstore near where I live. I don't want to keep it. Wait, 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 I want that. <laughs> I'll sell, I will buy it off you. <laughs> yeah, I'll just give it to you. You don't have to buy it. Started a trend here, Smith. First it was the fucking Child's Play 3 novelization. Now you're getting him the Orca copy. Oh, baby. Oh, boy. So I already kind of voiced my, my distaste for the fact that the ending of the book isn't actually even an ending. It doesn't say anything or do anything with the concept of revenge. It just stops. It feels like a first draft. Um, it feels like... I don't. Again, I've never read another Arthur Herzog book before, but this feels like an autopilot type thing which is yeah uh you guys talked about how like you don't want it to feel like a jaws ripoff which i i'd have to disagree the whole reason it exists was because of jaws you can't take that away the same that yeah uh i read a a history book on the horror genre and they mentioned how halloween by john carpenter was made because of the success of black christmas you could argue it is a ripoff, but they did something with it and made their own thing. Right. There are so many Jaws references in the book. After the orca kills the shark, Jack Campbell makes the makes the weird idea of like, hey, maybe the orca saw Jaws and hated it. That's why he killed the shark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mentioned how the very first page, Jack is like, I fell asleep watching Jaws. There's just shoot Hort in. You can't you can't take that away from its existence, but I agree with everyone that it definitely it it turned what could have been a very dumb Jaws ripoff and just crank it up to eleven. Sometimes in ridiculous ways, it blows up a building. Um, it, <laughs> it beckons him over with his tail and his fin. It pushes an iceberg, but that's part of the kind of the charm with it. I mean, the jaw, uh, Bruce and Jaws, like he, um, you know, drags barrels down, hunts them, surprises, um, I think it was Quentin in the shark cage, like does like a jump scare. Like that shark also has like its own mind, so it's not really realistic. Um, I do like the book. Herzog did some kind of research because he does incorporate some hunting tactics of orcas, like with beaching themselves to hunt animals. I appreciate that, and I am kind of curious on his uh, Global Warming book, and I'm curious about The Swarm now. 
but uh yeah it's not gonna stay on my bookshelf uh if anyone like i don't recommend it uh but what i would recommend is peter benchley's creature if you want a silly underwater um creature book i mean this also deals with evil nazi scientists but that's part of the charm part of the fun another good one is uh, I actually just recently finished it. It's a new one that came out about a month ago. Max Brooks, who wrote World War Z, he wrote a Bigfoot novel. Oh. It was, uh, I recently finished it. It was really, really good, especially if you're someone like me who lives in the woods. Um, I have the Pine Barrens, this whole uh, whole forest in my yard, and I've lived out in the middle of nowhere, and there are moments in the middle of the night where you hear a noise, and you turn on that porch light, and you'll see, like, a bear, a puma, mountain lion, whatever. Fuck off. And it's scary. Um, and there is a scene like that in the book. I'm not spoiling it because it's, like, in the beginning. And it was, like, one of the more, like, Max Brooks makes Bigfoot scary. That's what I'm That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I believe it. I'm going to leave you guys with uh, those book recommendations. And, uh, yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah, what they did with the film puts it head and shoulders above what it, what it could have been, like you had said. Absolutely. Like, um, there is one book that I hated so much, and I think every film adaptation that has come out from that book is better by comparison. It's Invasion of the Body Snatchers by Jack Finney. I hate that book so much. Really? <laughs> I've, never, I've never read it. I read it, like, maybe... 13 years ago I don't even remember why I hated it I just from, from then on every rip off of Invasion of the Body Snatchers every adaptation of it I instantly am like it's better than the book <laughs> I don't care how bad it is it is better than the book <laughs> uh, but that's another case where like that original movie and the remake and other versions of it are better than the original source material yeah there are other booktubers out there on YouTube who a lot of their videos seem to regard the novel or the source material as like the tier that needs to be passed is this movie as good is it a faithful adaptation and I feel that um, obviously movies are a lot different it's a different medium it's, it's a different way of telling a story but I feel like when you're going through all these changes you have that option of taking things out of the book that weren't really working or something that can't be filmed that well. Like, I love me some Stephen King, but Pet Cemetery, the book, has a weird little face-morphing child, and it would not have worked in the movie. Sure. Same goes with, like, Mimic. Like, I mentioned before how, like, I think the idea of animals evolving would have been kind of fun, but I really enjoy that that movie and the concepts that they had. There. Oh, it's so good. It is. That's pretty much it's Orca. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking A. Make sure you check out CB Smith at uh, Taking a Page on YouTube. Yeah. And where else can uh, people find you, CB? Uh, that's pretty much it. I do have a Twitter, which is at um, CB underscore Smith, I believe. It's just me rambling on randomly. Um, I do have an Instagram that I, you know, I follow you guys on. Um, it's again it's just kind of me just random i will talk about books occasionally on there um that's uh that is about it uh i have a tumblr but i don't really go on there that often 
Yeah. I'm not good at this whole brand recognition thing, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, speak, speaking of those social medias, uh, don't forget, uh, you got to go check out that MD Guide. we got some good stuff coming up for you next month. A whole event month, if you will. Uh, we're going to be dropping it soon. But guess what? If you go sign up for that Patreon, you're going to get a sneak peek. Yeah. Bunch of stuff on there right now. Yep. Some of the stuff we're going to be giving away. Some of the movies we're going to be doing. So yeah, make sure you go check out that Instagram because we got the the MD guy dropping for next month. So you can see where that, what's up with that. But yeah. We got a, we get, we got a, we got some big stuff dropping for you guys. Yeah. Be prepared. Let's put it that way. It's coming, it's coming hard next month. So I uh, hope, we hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, we'll be, uh, Showing you stuff soon. And again, you sign up for that Patreon. Uh, you get exclusive uh, updates before everybody else. And speaking of the Patreon, I uh, just wanted to give a shout out to all our patrons. Hunter Davenport, Brendan Lemune, The Autistic Gamer 89, Beyond Hope 777, Christopher, Jacob Chavez, Leonardo Roberto Talavera Baraccio. Gorlami. Still don't know if I'm saying that right, Leonardo, but uh, I'm trying. Gorlami. Amanda Tweed. Joe has a mustache. And Dustin Elkin. We wanted to thank you. Thank you so much for being our patrons and supporting the show. And uh, thank you, everyone who listens at home. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Get a, go on that Apple Podcast. Leave us a five-star review and a review. That would be amazing. Yeah. Tell us what you like about the show. What you don't like about the show. Email us like we talked about earlier. Let us know what you think. You know, give us movie suggestions. Fuck it. You know, tell us whatever you want. We'll read it on air. Shoot the shit. Whatever you want to talk about. Thanks again for having me on here, guys, and everyone else. Be on the lookout for the crew of Movie Dumpster being on my show. Again, that is Taking a Page. We'll be talking more about Orca, and you'll get to see your favorite podcasters on camera, finally. Oh, great. You're going to see my ugly mug? No, it ain't that ugly. Do you want that? Yeah. And mine. Can you- <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're psyched for that. That's going to be a fucking blast. Looking forward to it. Yep. Everyone, stay safe. Practice social distancing, wear your mask, and uh, hopefully everything will be back to normal soon. Fingers crossed. Fucking amen. Fucking A. So that's it. That's Orca the Killer Whale from 1977, directed by Michael Anderson. Hey, everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us anywhere you listen to your podcast, and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. And I'm C.B. Smith. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. What, what, What I was meaning to ask you, like, Can you commit a sin against an animal? Ah, you can commit a sin against a blade of grass. Sins are really against oneself. You understand?